right, all right, all right. Can y'all hear me out there, man? <laughs> Episode 160, man. Thin line between genius and insanity podcast, hosted by yours truly. OG Hatch, man. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Welcome to Hey, episode 160, man. On the ground 200. This shit don't stop for a motherfucking me. So society every quarter. If you don't know what that means, that means I'm lit AF. <laughs> lit AF, my friend. <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you, man. DJ, hit me. with y'all man welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the thin line between genius and insanity podcast hosted by yours truly OG hash man now spin that motherfucking me block man like i ain't gonna hold you man tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow man when this episode drops man for you guys this will be the three-year anniversary of this motherfucking me podcast quick round of applause for all the motherfucking fans Three years, man. That's three motherfucking years, man. We, we've been doing this shit, man. July 23 is the motherfucking me three-year anniversary of this podcast, man. I just want to say thank you to everybody that's tapped in during the motherfucking me conversation. Um, And you know how we do it. It's episode 160. Ain't shit changed. So at this pivotal moment of the podcast, for all the first-time listeners, look, pay attention. All the bitch ass niggas in the back, the hate ass niggas in the back, the bad bitches. Oh my god! <laughs> Always let them know day one friends of the show. I am for the bitches, nigga. I am for the bitches, nigga. I am bitches, nigga. The flyest, highest, coolest, smoothest motherfucking host of them all. Oh gee. Hatch, we know the fuck it is, man. What's up with you? Hope you out there looking good, feeling good, staying safe. It's a whole lot of shit going on. I'm trenches, man. Tell you shit each and every motherfucking episode. Once a shout out to everybody that's tapped in joining the conversation, man. No matter if it's tapped in on YouTube at OGH TV, no matter if you tapped in on Rumble, no matter if you tapped in on DSP, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Audible, etc. etc. <laughs> no matter where you at, man, no matter how you support the motherfucking me show, man, I'm always genuinely um, appreciative and I uh, truly love appreciate all the love and support, man. Keep us empire brick by motherfucking me brick. On the grind 200, this shit don't stop for a motherfucking me. So episode 160, we going strong. Um, we really ending up the, the second half of phase two, very motherfucking me strong. Um, like I just mentioned, you know, I'm talking about later on in the show, but it's, it, I, I cannot say it enough. The three year anniversary of this podcast is truly sensational. Um, I feel like this third year went by hella fucking fast. I feel like time is going by fast in general. You know what I'm saying? I feel like 2023 is breezing the fuck by. Um, and I think when you're doing something that you truly love and something you truly believe in, um, time can go by fast. It doesn't feel like a job. You know what I'm saying? They're often stressful ass times, um, but time doesn't truly feel like a motherfucking job. Um, you know what I'm saying? When I'm doing this goddamn show and doing and creating this content for you guys, I truly appreciate everybody's tapping in right now, fucking with the merch. Um, I truly appreciate all the goddamn love and support me. I truly motherfucking me do. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> it's a whole lot of show in the motherfucking me document. You know, I give it up, Mr. Saturday record. I'm lit. I didn't take a shot. I didn't took a few bone rips. I'm feeling good. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> 
but nah, man, I'm feeling good as fuck, man. After this, man, I'm slide to the movies and shit. Got some waiting on me at the motherfucking me movies. I want to go see the Oppenheimer movie. I know that doesn't sound like the date like movie, <laughs> but I'm a movie watching nigga, man. Oppenheimer is it looks fucking great, great cast. Um, and it's a Christopher Nolan joint, man. I'm very interested in Christopher Nolan directed movies. Um, he's a great fucking, uh, he's great at what the fuck he does. Um, uh, but his whole last show on the motherfucking me docket, we'll get into all that shit probably next episode. Um, you know, before I was start recording, you know, I got hit with a text from one of my mans. Um, uh, and he pretty much, <coughs> excuse me, he pretty much broke the news to me that <clears throat> YNW Melly Case got declares a mistrial. Wow. Now, of course, you know, so I had to go check the sources, get on Twitter and shit. You see the motherfucking proper sources say that shit was true. Um, and it was something I, I could have seen coming. You know, this was one of those cases where I told you it's ups and downs throughout the motherfucking me trials and stuff like that. Um, this isn't saying that he's been on his way home or nothing like that. He may um get granted a bail if I'm um, in the bond if they motherfucking me um if his defense uh, gets granted that. Um, but they may try him again. I think the reason why I was declared a mistrial is because the case is it is one of those cases where it's enough evidence to where you can clearly say this nigga did it. But there's enough evidence. On, there's enough things on the table that comes on his on the defensive side to where. The, the death penalty that the the prosecution is seeking for makes the could make the jury look at this shit a little bit hesitant. They can't come to a you know some straight decision. And a lot of times I've I've watched plenty of episodes of Law and Order. I've watched plenty fucking love crime documentaries, current, uh, plenty of crime movies and shit like that. Anytime the death penalty is on the table, there's always you know what I'm saying an issue. It's never a clean sweep. It got to be like some straight shit. A nigga got to do some straight shit. And even still, there will be that one person that be like, I don't know if we should kill him type shit. You know what I'm saying? So I think if they take the death penalty off the table, I think they can easily find this nigga guilty. But when the death penalty is on the table, the mistrial has to be there because there was so much time that had went by before they found even what they did find in evidence. There is no gun. You know what I'm saying? There is no prints on him. There was no um, bloody clothes found from Melly. He wasn't the one on tape going to the fucking hospital. He's blaming a nigga Portland pretty much. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can see why it was declared a mistrial, but I do I do want to think about what does it mean for YNW Miller's career. You know, we live in a time where, well, not even a time, this shit has always been the case. When niggas is, and is musicians or artists or anytime they're a public figure and they're attached to some type of criminal activity and they beat it, survive it, whatever the case may be, the interest from the public is multiplied by a thousand the reports was already out that during the trial his music sales was going through the fucking roof nigga i started listening to ynw Miller. i had never heard this nigga i had heard the blue balenciagas and murder on my mind so when they first came out but that was only like a one-time thing nigga since the trial and i was tapped in damn near every every day watching the trial Nigga, I was listening to that. Them two songs every motherfucking day. They're my shits. <laughs> the niggas talented. <laughs> so it's like you see it. You seen it with Lil Boosie. Now, granted, <clears throat> I think it would work for YNW Melly way better than death for Lil Boosie because, granted, <clears throat> although Lil Boosie went to prison and once he came out, he was greeted with love and shit like that. And the, and the streets loved him. The fans loved him and shit like that. He was way past his prime. Like the music Boosie makes now is it's fucking ridiculous. I'll be honest with you. But YNW Melly, the nigga only like what 23, 24 years old. These niggas, this nigga was young catching bodies. This nigga was young doing this shit. So it's like <coughs> excuse me, fuck. 
So it's like I can see this working for him in a, in a tremendous way. Like I say, his sales was already through the roof on trial. Now, if he is, you know, if he is grand a bond and he does, you know, bail out and shit like that, he can make the music, he can make music and all types of shit like that. So it can be a very interesting time for YNW Melly's music career, but it is interesting to see that he actually was this was grand a mistrial. It was so much shit going on with this, but I told you his prosecution blew a 3-1 lead. When you had all this evidence, you had all this shit stacked up, you had all these years to compile evidence, and this is what you come with, it is kind of weak. You are relying on cell phone. You are relying on geometrics. You are relying on the technology side of it. But when it comes to straight, you know what I'm saying, hard evidence, I don't know. But like I got told my homeboy, and niggas lucky I wasn't on the jury. Wow. <laughs> Look, I'm going be honest with you. Melly would have been cooked. I'm convinced the nigga did it. I'm going to be honest with you. Now, I'm going to say allegedly because he's still fighting for his life. You know what I'm saying? You're innocent until proven guilty. But that nigga's lucky I'm not one of those eight votes that would have needed for the death penalty. Because there's enough evidence for me to say, okay, this wasn't a drive-by, my nigga. Why the fuck did you just get out the car all of a sudden? Why the fuck, you know what I'm saying? Why why, why in the fuck is there defense wounds on a nigga in the backseat that was sitting next to you when you on the video that we show getting into that motherfucking record? Nigga, why is your cell phone pinging off, off this motherfucking shit? You can't convince me that's not your cell phone, Melly. <laughs> nigga, I, I know how this shit works. I'm young enough to know how this shit works, brother. I'm convinced the nigga did the shit. But if the nigga beats this case, you know how I give it up with OJ Simpson. I, it's going to be the same thing with OJ. I don't believe OJ did it because OJ beat the case. The system is rigged for niggas to go to jail, fam. So anytime a nigga beat the system, I'm not going to be the nigga saying he beat the system. Nah, fuck that. That nigga, he won the case. He ain't beat the system. He ain't tricked the system. He ain't do none of that shit. He ain't pay him off none of that shit. Anytime a nigga beats this shit and, and, and wins the case, I believe in the justice system. Because I know what the fuck the system is designed to do. Does the system been fucking railroad niggas since it's been created? So I'm never finna, if the nigga is beast this shit, because with the mistrial, prosecution has to even declare if they want to even try this shit again, which I'm pretty sure they are. It's too much, it's too, even though it's circumstantial evidence, it's too much circumstantial evidence to not try this. This trial was much, much shorter than Young Thug's trial. Young Thug's trial is projected to go six to seven months. Six to seven fucking months. My nigga, if y'all still think young thug, if y'all still think young thug is getting out when his trial is gonna be six to seven months, you on some you on whatever you're smoking, buddy. Please put that shit the fuck down. Six to seven month trial, plead the fuck out. <laughs> nigga, stay save the state some money. <laughs> you're tripping, brother. Why in W Melly trial didn't even take that long? It probably took like a month, maybe even two, to be honest. It probably took two months. I ain't gonna lie. But it didn't feel like it took that motherfucking me long. There isn't there isn't that many witnesses. The defense doesn't have that much that it only had one witness. The defense doesn't have a strong, straight leg to stand on. It's just I think the death penalty is what's really stopping all this shit. There isn't enough, there isn't a smoking gun. So without a smoking gun, I don't think anybody would really sign off. You know, eight people will sign off on a death penalty without a smoking gun. Everything else proves that the nigga did the shit, but I probably couldn't sign off on killing this nigga without the gun. You know what I'm saying? Without somebody straight saying that this nigga did it. So I think that's truly what's stopping all this shit. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with YNW Melly. Um, like I said, this shit can, could take him off and be one of the biggest rappers in the world. It, it truly motherfucking me could because controversy sells um, and hip hop. Niggas want that real shit, and unfortunately, 
And if niggas was saying, imagine if King Von was living right now, my nigga. Let's just keep it a buck. King Von just dropped the album posthumously, and that shit still sold 30K in the first week. Niggas is still, now I heard niggas talking about the King Von album. I heard a few tracks off of the shit sound hard as fuck. Imagine if King Von was alive. And the myth and the aura of King Von that we know it as, and he was alive. What do you think the myth and the aura of YNW Melly is? Even if you even if you're gonna have one side nigga saying these niggas crazy as a motherfucker, he killed his homeboys. He 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 a grimy ass nigga, he an ain't shit ass nigga. Then you had the other side who champion this shit, who look at this shit and say, Oh, this nigga really about that motherfucker me life. I told y'all about the shit that King Von Lil Dirk said actually happened. I don't know why niggas ain't been paying attention to that. Why uh Lil Dirk and, and King Von has always said that them niggas is trying to backdoor YNW Miller, so that's why he did shit. Them niggas, is, they, them niggas been saying this shit in songs and in interviews, and it's like nobody's been paying attention to that shit. So it's like you gonna have that side champion YNW Melly. Then you had that other side, you're gonna be a very polarizing figure. So it's gonna be very motherfucking interesting to see where this shit goes. The trolley motherfucking is. Um, but moving on, let's go against to Jamie motherfucking me Fox, man. No, you know, I've said it time and time again, you know what I'm saying about my. Um, infatuation, you know what I'm saying, and Jam with Jamie Foxx. He's one of those guys that basically raised me from television. Him, Martin Lawrence. Um, I watched the Jamie Foxx show every day, all fucking day. His, com his comedy skills, his acting skills, um, can't sing, but his overall just being multifaceted and multi-talented is something I've always envied and always something I try to try to do. Um, Jamie Foxx had a brain aneurysm a few months back um, and went dark. You know what I'm saying? Me personally, I respected it. Not because, you know what I'm saying? It's something because I'm, it's just, just because of Jamie Foxx. I do that with people in general. I don't like to speculate because I'm always someone who I assume the worst. When I go through shit, I assume for the worst. I plan for the worst. And if it's not the worst, then I feel, I feel good about that. It can be bad as fuck, but as long as it wasn't the worst possible outcome, the worst possible outcome, I'm okay with that because I'm preparing for the worst. But when it comes to other people, I don't like doing that because I'm pretty much a negative person when it comes to that type of shit. So it can be someone in my family, someone I don't know, someone I came across in passing. Anytime I hear about some shit and it's up in the air, we don't really know what's going on. I kind of even, I, I kind of stop thinking about the shit because I don't want to speculate and put bad juju on motherfuckers. I believe in, you know what I'm saying? The power of the word, my nigga, I truly motherfucking do. So when the Jamie Foxx situation went down, he had the brain aneurysm. That was all the information I truly needed. If it was a, if it was on some Jamie Foxx was in the hospital, unknown condition, then I would have been, I probably would have speculated a little bit. But when you tell me Jamie Foxx has a brain aneurysm, a stroke, that's all I need to know. I've been around people who's had strokes out of nowhere. I've seen them with one side of their face hanging nigga like the after effects they for days nigga one side of their face is just hanging frozen type shit like i've seen that so i can understand if you tell me that jimmy fox has a brain aneurysm then he goes dark like the nigga say he doesn't want people to see him like that so when jamie fox comes out and speaks you know what i'm saying it really it really humbled a lot of people it really felt good to see because there was a lot of speculation. I follow his daughter on social media. Um, I follow Jamie Foxx's account. 
everything seemed to be moving along as he was okay, but there was still speculation because he wasn't talking. And we live in a time and day and age where everybody wants to know everybody's business. That's just how the fuck it is now. On social media, everybody's is 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 um they're 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 used to people everybody oversharing private information. People wanted to see Jamie Foxx pictures in the bed, tubes and shit. Niggas want to see daily uh, updates of Jamie Foxx. And it comes to the point of who the fuck do we think we are? But at the same time, we've been conditioned as a people for the last, what, 10, 15 years, maybe? Social media been popping for, what, like, 10, 15 years at this moment. Like, MySpace and Bebo and all that shit been popping. That's really took about Twitter and Instagram. That shit been popping for at least 10 years now, bro. So we've, we've been conditioned as a people for a decade, at least, of people oversharing. So when it came to Jamie Foxx, even although I was upset that people was doing it, I had to eventually understand why people were doing it because they were used to every other celebrity and not even just celebrities. Nigga, people that work at fucking grocery stores oversharing their life. Nigga, I, I have a podcast. One could say I overshare my fucking life. But I want to play this clip from Jamie Foxx so you guys can hear the words from the man himself. First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody that's prayed, man, and sent me messages. I cannot even begin to tell you um, how, how far it took me and how, how it brought me back. Um, uh, I went through something that I, I thought I would never, ever go through. Uh, and I know a lot of people were waiting, you know, or wanting to hear updates. But to be honest with you, I just didn't want you to see me like that. Welcome to television show. I didn't want you to see me with uh, with tubes uh, running out of me and and trying to figure out uh, if if I was gonna. Make it through, and to be honest with you, my uh, my sister Deidre Dixon, my daughter Corinne Marie, saved my life. So uh, to them, to God, to a lot of great medical people, uh, I'm able to leave you this uh, video. I cannot tell you how great it feels to have your family kick in in such a way, and I don't know. They <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I think that's enough. Bro. That's a long ass video. Um. Great to see Jamie Foxx in good condition. Great to see Jamie Foxx. Although in that video, he does like he lost a little bit of weight. One would just, you could assume that just because when people go through medical situations like that, they tend to lose a lot of weight. They probably not eating solid foods for a minute. Probably on a little liquid diet type shit. You know, so you probably just chilling out for the most part. Um, that stress and all that mess can do that to you. Um, but it's Jamie fucking Foxx. They didn't clone him, my nigga. They didn't do all that bullshit that you have some ignorant asshole say. Um. I'm just happy to hear from Jamie Foxx. I'm happy to see Jamie Foxx himself um, because although he was sick and he was going dark with the news from his his family, um, first of all, round of applause for his family because as I said, we live in a time where there's leaks of information. Um, there's leaks of information from every fucking world. A lot of times it's from family members. You know what I'm saying? So I want to say thank you to the Fox family um, for not leaking any information, not leaking any pictures, no, you know what I'm saying? No Twitter, no tweets, nothing that you can insinuate anything, give the hint at anything. Um, I respect that. I would I would always um hope that to be the case for all these celebrities because um 
it's okay to be a celebrity. It's okay to be known. It's okay to be well liked and even well even hated at times. It's okay for people to know who the fuck you are. But I think there should always be boundaries set in place. We shouldn't know everything about people. When people are sick, when people are going through personal situations, those are personal situations. I, as a fan of Jimmy Foster, someone he's influenced, someone he's, you know what I'm saying, inspired amongst his way of, of his journey. I don't want to see pictures of Jamie Foxx fucked up. I don't want to see him in a hospital bed with tubes and you know half his face probably fucked up. I don't want to see that. The Jamie Foxx I know is a goofy ass Jamie Foxx. I've never seen anything other than Jamie Foxx being goofy. The most serious I've ever seen Jamie Foxx was in Ray. So I don't want to see that. And I'm thankful that I didn't see that. Because although he was sick and out the blue, like you, you always seen Jamie Foxx ads. He had hella movies coming out. Yeah, at least like four movies coming out in 2023 alone. You get if you have, if you were sports better, you see the Bet MGM, you know what I'm saying, sports book ads all over the goddamn place. You see Jamie Foxx everywhere. So it was good to see you know, in one light, it looked the, the face was still put up that he was a man just handling business. But at the same time, we truly didn't know what his straight, you know what I'm saying, health status was. And it's just glad to see hear from Jamie Foxx, see Jamie Foxx, know that he's okay, know that he's going to be back to doing this motherfucking thing. You've seen the videos of him on the yacht. You've seen the videos of him playing pickle, uh, what's it called, pickleball? I want to get into this pickleball shit. Ain't it just tennis? Ain't that just tennis? Like, that's, that's what it looks like. If, if I'm not bullshitting, what is the difference between tennis and pickleball? Please feel me the fucking. I don't know if it's if it's a different ball or different. Is it is it the swinging object? Like what the fuck is the difference? The court smaller? Like what is it? I see two people on the side of a net swinging at a motherfucking meatball. It looks like tennis. I'm, okay, it looks like two on two tennis, my nigga. I'm being honest with you, <laughs> but you seen the videos of those surfacing and things like that. Um, it's just happy to see that these things are true. He's doing good. Um, he's getting back to his normal self, man. So it's a beautiful thing, truly, motherfucking. We see it; it really is. Um, but moving on, man. Let's go ahead and get to Kodak Black, man. <laughs> you know, Kodak Black is an interesting, interesting guy. You know, Kodak Black. The last couple of weeks, I've been looking on at Kodak Black for a fucking damn there. Put him on Amber Alert, goddamn it. I think I think Kodak Black is a, is a functioning. Dope head. That's truly what the fuck I think he is. And I don't think I'm alone in that sentiment. But I don't think I'm the only one who's thought these things from the day one. From day one, Kodak Black has been very, very open about his use of hard drugs. Very fucking open. And I'm telling you, he comes up in this era of rappers that the that drugs that these niggas is doing, they are influenced. They came in the game heavy on lane. They come in the game heavy on purse. They come in the game heavy on Coke and I, I didn't even know in my generation of niggas that that was still a thing. But I see more and more people popping up straight on Coke. I, I, it blows my fucking mind that niggas, that's the, that's the drug of choice. But that's the era that niggas is in. This era of motherfuckers is on strict hard drugs, my nigga. It ain't just weed no more. Niggas is on pills just to be on pills. And Kodak Black has always been open with that. Over the years, if you truly looked at Kodak Black from when he first came out, you look at Kodak Black now, that looks like a total different nigga. The Kodak Black that first came out, the skinny, healthy-looking Kodak Black, that nigga looks totally different from what the fuck he looks like now. 
And you can you can just pinpoint that to the drugs and the alcohol, the lean, whatever the fuck you want to put it on. The in and out of jail, all that shit, just lump that into one, and that's why he looks the way he looks now. He looks like a functioning crackhead, bro. I literally see videos surfacing of this nigga roaming the streets, roaming into just random ass, you know what I'm saying, liquor stores and corner stores in random ass cities. Kodak fucking black. It's the wildest shit in the world because you will see a video for a Thursday night of this nigga in Memphis somewhere lacking where a nigga pulling out a gun saying, I'm going to smoke this nigga Kodak black. Was that, was that Memphis? Because I think it was, it, was a, it was a video of this nigga in Memphis too. It was one of these niggas in some city by itself, shirt off, roaming, looking high as a motherfucker, going to a corner store, and a nigga on video saying, I, I smoked this nigga showing this gun. This is Kodak black. You will see a video like that. And then for Saturday coming around, you see this nigga at Rolling Loud performing in front of 20,000 fucking people. This nigga, look, bro. When you make it to a certain point, the yes men are everywhere. You know what I mean? I'm convinced. I, I'm pretty sure for a fact that somebody's in Kodak Black's ear or at least has been in the last couple years trying to say, yo, my nigga, slow it down. His lawyer has to say something. Kodak Black keep failing piss testers. He keep missing piss testers. They keep having to lock his ass up. But when you get to the point where in, in the same week you can have incidents to where this nigga's roaming the streets, to where this nigga's performing and rolling loud, so what this nigga's doing collaboration with six nine for a million dollar features? Where do you think that money's gonna go? Let's keep it a bang. Wow. Where do you think that money truly gonna go? I know where it's gonna go. I heard the rooms. Have you heard the rooms with, with Kodak Black doing? I heard the nigga smoking that fan. And I don't want to put that out there, but that's what's out there. Niggas is saying Kodak Black is on fentanyl. Have y'all watched his IG lives? Do we sound like a nigga that's just smoking weed to y'all? Do we sound like a nigga that just on East like a nigga some Shern, bro? PCP. Some of that some of that, that that water, my nigga. But when you see him doing all this shit, and then you see him rolling loud, all these other shows, performing, doing these features and working, it can get and niggas can look the other way. Niggas can just be like, oh, that's yak being yak. That's just a nigga from the trenches. That's just a, a young dumb niggas from the boot, whatever the fuck. Miami type shit. No, my nigga. That's a fucking dope head there there's no other way around it that isn't the that isn't the, the school system that isn't none of that shit that ain't that ain't poor parenting that ain't that that is drugs the hard stuff some of it was probably even laced but kodak black also has the end of the hip-hop industry up in the uproar news just went news just went out kodak black and six nine have a collaboration coming out I believe it was put together by WAC 100. I'll be honest with you. This Kodak Black and 6ix9ine shit, it isn't affecting me how it's affecting everybody else. I'll be honest with you. I don't care about a nigga doing a song with 6ix9ine. If a nigga's doing, if he's dangling a million dollar feature right in your face, I'm pretty sure a lot of these niggas going to do that. Especially a nigga that we looking at that may be on that fence. Why wouldn't he take that? That's all drug money, bro. That's all money for drugs. <laughs> He's going to take that. 
That's Pookie, nigga. That's Pookie right there from New Jack City. He's taking that million no matter what. But even with that being his justifiable reason for taking that money, I'm not mad at Kodak Black for doing that feature. From what I heard, Kodak Black did 6 9 on the feature. Talking about he's he, he, he doing so much, he got this rack giving him cheese. If a nigga's just trying to give you a million dollars for a feature, you telling me you're not going to take it? You telling me what? You, you on the streets that heavy? You telling me what hip-hop is what? One thing with this Kodak Black feature with 6ix9ine did, it also it also stemmed how goofy hip-hop truly is. I don't understand. I, maybe because I've seen a China Mac video, the Boosie video. The shit just lame to me. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's just lame to me. It's just lame to me. Because now you're talking about you're not going to make money with a nigga. Now you're talking about you're not going to make money with it. It's okay to have morals and principles with a nigga, saying you can't fuck with that nigga at all. But now you're talking about you won't take a million dollar check from a nigga because of what? Because he snitched on some niggas you ain't even know? That's what you finna tell me right now? Look, let me tell you something. Put the camera close up. I don't give a fuck what a nigga did. If he didn't do shit to impact me directly, directly, my family, and he trying to give me a million dollars to do a feature, and I can't even diss this nigga in my verse, I'm taking it. I don't give a fuck. Especially if I ain't got no money. If I ain't got no money, my nigga, a million dollar feature, it don't matter if I take that back. It don't matter how much money I got. A million dollar feature is a million dollar feature, bro. That's a lot of fucking money. To even diss a nigga on his own song, and you niggas trying to stand on what? What morals and what principles is you niggas standing on? What exactly, what are you standing on? Because now we're not in the streets. Now we're talking about business. Now we're talking about business. Now you niggas tell me you were turning down a million dollars. China Mac, you turned down a million dollars because of what? A little boosie. My nigga, didn't you just get locked up and have to sell one of your cars to bail out? For 500000 So you turned down a million dollars? For what? You ain't had a hit in what? And you ain't had a hit in how long? So you niggas just turned down a million dollars for to appease who? What images you bum ass niggas trying to uphold? I just don't think, I just don't I hate when niggas be trying to keep it real so hard where they just fake as a motherfucker. You're lying. I don't, I, I, I don't have, I don't have to stand with a nigga, believe with a nigga did, or rock with a nigga to take his million dollars. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I, I just don't. That's like a nigga. That's like a nigga. He's snitching, but he want to come fucking play basketball one-on-one for a million dollars. I ain't going to do it. What the fuck do you mean I ain't going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to play this bitch at me for a million dollars. I'm going to hop on this song for a million fucking dollars. I don't, I don't give a fuck how it performs. It could be one of my worst verses I ever worked. It could be the, the worst verse ever. My nigga, I'm taking that million dollars. But hip hop just in a lame ass space right now, bro. Everybody trying to be super gangster. It's lame to be cool. You know what I'm saying? It's so lame to just be a normal ass nigga in hip hop now, bro. Everybody's super gangster. Everybody, no snitching, no snitching. That's why I'm happy that Gunner is on the wave that he on. Even though I think that nigga did what he did, he know what he did. Although I don't like the way he's playing it, acting like he didn't do it, and acting like he got played like by the justice system. No, the fuck you didn't. But I like that. Yeah, his back was in the corner. 
and this anti-snitching hip-hop wave that niggas is on, niggas is getting shut shut the fuck up. Right, niggas is niggas is basically getting told to shut the fuck up right now with that shit. Because at the at this moment, Gunna probably the hottest artist out right now. Like I'm not even bullshitting. Gunna probably the hardest artist artist out right now. You got Playboy Cardi, you got Gunna, you got Drake, of course, Twenty One Savage, of course. But those are probably the biggest names in hip hop right now. And I'm happy that Gunner's having his way that he on, and you see the, the the decline rapidly of Lil Dirt from his album. Ain't nobody talking about Lil Dirt no more. Lil Baby can't even sell a fucking show right now. You know what I'm saying? All these niggas is canceling tour dates and fucking gun is going off. So I'm happy for it right now. The hip hop has been proven to be lame as a motherfucker. It truly has been. And also it's been a, it's been proven to be a hypocrite. Hypocrisy is big in hip hop. And I only mention that because as I mentioned at the top of this segment, you know, Wack 100 um came out and he said that he put this shit together. I've never been one to um hate on somebody for doing business, right? But it's an interesting thing about Wack 100. Wack 100 be on Clubhouse and shit. And I've never been on Clubhouse. I'm not interested in Clubhouse, but I don't, I'm not going to hate on the platform. But Wack 100 be on Clubhouse exposing niggas with snitching, bringing up paperwork upon paperwork upon paperwork. But he does business with 6 9 See, the reason why I call hypocrite on certain shit is because, my nigga, why do you care so much about snitching when you can't benefit from it? See, it's all cool if a nigga snitching when you can benefit from it. As long as you can put your money in the in the pot, your hand in that money pot, you cool with it. But when other niggas is quote-unquote snitching, you want to be the nigga on your platform bringing up paperwork. See, I just think that's some lame-ass nigga activity, me personally. Especially for a nigga to be that old doing the shit that he's doing. You that old and you still that big pyro? You that old and you still doing that, my nigga? Like, you, you that old and you still doing that? If you wasn't one of the founding members of that shit, shut the fuck up. That's truly how I feel. That's not even just about whack 100. If you wasn't a founding member of some shit, man, you supposed to outgrow some shit. You supposed to outgrow some shit, just link up with the boys to get drinks at the bar or some shit. Take care of your fucking kids and grandkids and shit, nigga. Why are you still out there doing military push-ups and shit on the yard with the niggas at the warehouse type shit? Why are you the nigga doing that? But it's an image. I get it. You got to make money. <coughs> but I don't respect niggas who only got a problem with certain things when they can't make money off of it. Because I don't give a fuck how you try to slice it and dice it, my nigga. That's a bitch-made-ass move. When you want to be the nigga that outs niggas, when you want to be the nigga that talk down and talk big and bad to niggas and try to bitch niggas on the net because they quote unquote allegedly snitched on niggas and you the nigga that got the paperwork. But as long as you can make money with a nigga, you ain't got no problems with it. That's some whole shit. That's truly how the fuck I feel about it. It's not even just because it's whack 100. It could be anybody. That's some whole nigga activity. If it's content, say it's content. But don't be the nigga that's making money with a known snitch. He's probably the biggest, he probably the biggest snitch in the last 50 years, my nigga. He probably the biggest snitch in the last 50 motherfucking years. 
and you've been making money with this nigga for a minute. You've been sitting down doing interviews with this nigga, all types of shit, take, having personal phone calls with this rat ass nigga. But you the same nigga that be yelling in your phone at 50 years old, nigga laying on fucking beds with your ass tooed in the air, yelling at niggas on phones about them snitching. And what world does that fucking make sense? And what world does niggas who listen to this nigga whack 100 not identify that as some bitch ass nigga shit? Come on, my nigga, you 50. You down, you, you closer to 100. Nigga, then you is then you is a toddler. Think about that before you start trying to approach niggas up on their snitching shit. You closer to a honey than you is a fucking toddler, my nigga. And you acting like a little ass kid, a little ass bully ass nigga. And that's why I say hip hop is lame as a motherfucker. Hip, because Whack 100 be the first nigga to call a nigga out being, about being a culture vulture. Whack 100 be one of the first nigga to tell him this is hip hop. This is the culture. This is power. He'd be the first nigga to do all that bullshit. All that bullshit. But be the first nigga to hop in business with a fucking rat. But be, the, but be one of the first niggas to call another nigga out for being a fucking rat. Hip hop is a fucking joke, man. Hip hop is a fucking joke when you got niggas like Wack 100, niggas like China Mac. You know what I'm saying? When you got niggas like them at the forefront being pioneers in the culture and the community, and they can flip flop whatever the fuck they, they, they damn well please, that's when you identify hip hop as a fucking joke. This culture is a fucking joke, my nigga. Done talking about these sorry ass niggas, man. Moving the fuck on, man. Um, let's get into this nigga Dwight, man. Uh, Dwight Howard, man. <sighs> you know, time and time again, I've come on this podcast, bro, and I've talked about Dwight Howard. Uh, and I've supported Dwight Howard through thick and thin. You know, I, I, I was a Dwight fan when he was in Orlando. Um, obviously, I'm a Lakers fan. When he came to the Lakers, I was happy. He was hurt. You know, I appreciate what he did for us, but it was definitely a disappointment. Um, I hated that he left us the way he did, but I understood it. Dwight Howard has had a – I don't even it, – it, it's just difficult even talking about. Because I want to say Dwight Howard has had a difficult, rough last 10 years. But the reason Dwight Howard was on the podcast today, why he's in the news today, <sighs> My nigga, I don't want to give him any sympathy, any empathy, any of that shit. You know, last week, two weeks ago, I talked about how he was training his son. And me as someone whose father was murdered at three years old, that's something I always wanted. That's how I said I would be with my son if I ever had one. Train, train, train. I'm finna make you, we finna make you a star. But the reason Dwight Howard's in the news today is, is, is far, far, far less uh you know what I'm saying? It's far less appreciative, you know, so far less gratitude in this topic that I'm finna discuss about this nigga Dwight motherfucker, me Howard. You know, Dwight Howard is being sued and being accused of doing some wild ass activity. I first got this story last week. Um, I got this story last week from my cousin. My cousin hit me up with this and I was like, what the fuck is this? Dwight Howard as of right now is being sued. Um, for the assumption of battery and charge on a man named Harper. Let me see if I can bring it up a little bit better. Let me see if I can go to my DM right fast. 
and fired that way. Because Dwight Howard is being sued for sexual misconduct, all types of wild ass shit. Niggas got text messages, all types of shit. Um, so here it is right now. It says, according to Stephen Harper, the alleged victim, he filed a lawsuit against Dwight Howard regarding an assumption and battery charge for Harper not wanting to participate in a threesome with Howard. Wow. 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 There's two men. Let's just keep it at that. And so far, we're looking at this two. This is two men. So far, in this threesome, right? The suit alleges that on July 19, 2021, Howard contacted Harper to tell him he was thinking about that meat. Wow. 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 Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. Another man is saying, You thinking about that meat? It's fucking. Crazy. Embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Crazy. That's how you gay niggas giving it up. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, says upon re- upon viewing Mr. Harper's primary account, Howard indicated that he was waiting on Harper to send pics. Harper claimed Howard told me he was into freaky sexual content, exposing interest and wanted to see Mr. Harper's nudes and cum shots. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. Screenshots of the alleged conversation further indicate how we're telling Harper. Now I want you to know I'm not like gay or anything. I j- I'm just a little nasty sometimes. I don't want to offend you. Man, I fell down to my knees when the oh law came. My God. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. I know we live in 2023. We live in an era of, you know, cisgender shit, transgender shit, non binary shit. Uh, fluid, you know. So we live in a on a world where all that exists, my nigga. The moment you ask a man to send you dick pics and cum shots and shit like that, and that you into freaky deaky shit, you're gay. There's nothing else to talk about. There, there's no, there is no. I'm not gay after that. No, you're gay. You, you. That's the moment that you got drafted into <laughs> into the gay community, like Adam Silver. Called you up, like hold on, like on some no bullshit. Hold on, like, like Adam Silver really hit you the fuck up. Like that's not even like no, like that's not like no bullshit. That ain't like nothing to even like play around with. You know what I'm saying? Like you really is a freaky ass nigga after that. Like there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> like there's nothing else to motherfucking really discuss at that moment. Let's continue. It says in the suit, Harper claims that while he didn't want to participate in the threesome. He still arrived at Howard's home and engaged in consensual sense. Wow. I'll be honest with you. We usually have these conversations talking about women. My nigga, if someone hits you up about having a threesome and you don't want to have the threesome, why do you still go? Like, uh, like, all the other shit is wild as this shit is, and I'm going to get to the other wild shit. People have to stop putting themselves in these wild ass situations because you noticed the red flags early on. And not only did you notice the red flags, you didn't want to do it. You didn't want to do it. So if you know somebody's trying to have a threesome and trying to have sex and fuck you that night, why are you going? It's not like you didn't know. It ain't surprise, surprise, bitches ain't like that. I get those situations. But in a situation to where you know when someone comes to you and tells you they want to do this with you tonight, and you say you're not interested, but you 
you you go anyway. You you in your mind, you're not interested, but you still go and you still go and and, and, and participate in the foreplay that leads up into the threesome. Like, in what world does that truly fucking make sense? But we shall continue. <laughs> um, The two talked for about 30, 40 minutes before Howard allegedly steered the conversation back to one of sexual nature. Shortly after, a man dresses a woman named Kitty. Wow. What the fuck is going on, Mr. Howard? A, na- a man, a woman named Kitty arrived. Howard attempted to force Harper to participate in the threesome. It's alleged that by Harper when that listen what it's alleged by Harper that when sexual activities ensued, he physically and verbally told Howard no about not wanting to engage, but Howard became angry and tried to force him to participate. Howard states, I'm sorry, Harper states in the suit that Howard stood up over him. And um, I gotta be honest with you, Dwight Howard is like 6'10, 6'10 and full of like muscles. That nigga standing over you can be pretty intimidating. I'm rolling with Mr. Harper at this point. <laughs> I'm with Mr. Harper at this point. Um, he stood up over him, proceeding to grab Harper by his thighs. Oh my god. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. Oh, Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. Fuck. He said forcefully he 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 grabbed Harper by his thighs and forcefully removed his underwear. It also reveals that Howard held Mr. Harper down and performed non-consensual oral sex. Man, I found out to my oh knees when the law be embarrassing. Oh embarrassing. Oh my God. He says that perform non-consensual oral sex. How do you perform non-consensual oral sex? Oh my God, what is going on? He said, and Mr. Harper was in fear of imminent bodily harm. Man, I found out to my knees when the I'm with you. <laughs> Have you seen Dwight Howard? That nigga has the shoulders of Zeus. That nigga has the shoulders of Hercules himself, nigga. He stood up over you in the dark. Put them fucking hands down you. Them fucking mittens. Them fucking shock light hands. All them rebounds he used to grab in the league. Took your thighs and started sucking your. D- oh my god! I would have been scared as fuck if this is true. He says um, he was in fear of imminent bodily harm when Howard had pinned him down. Oh my god! He was sucking this man's dick. Oh my god! Look, I've been champion for Dwight to get back in the league. You seen the reports about the Warriors looking at him. And Steph don't want this shit around him. Steph don't want this shit around him. Clay don't want this shit around him. Please do not put this nigga in the locker room with uh, Draymond Green. Imagine the shit Draymond Green to say to this nigga. Wow. <laughs> Imagine if he missed some free throws and Draymond Green and Chris Paul on this nigga. Wow. <laughs> Dwight Howard. Dwight. Why? Nasty bitch. What the fuck is this? Look, I'm joking around here and I shouldn't because there is an alleged victim. I get mad when men be our victims and it's not taken seriously. So I'm taking the serious nature that there is a victim at the, in this situation. But damn, I, I can't focus on the victim. I can only look at this big-ass nigga named Dwight Howard that I only know as being his dominant center, leading Orlando to the finals, 
people always say he was a little, you know what I'm saying? We seen the videos on the sideline with him sticking his fingers or somebody up his teammates' ass. We 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 seen his his goofy nature. We've seen these things, and also it ties back to something I said last episode. I told you about the niggas who have all those kids. Dwight Howard got a shit ton of kids, bro. Dwight Howard got a shit ton of kids, different baby mamas. And I told y'all a lot of times, not all the time. There is times when niggas just love pussy and niggas just don't wear condoms type shit. But a lot of times there are cases when niggas do have a lot of kids by a lot of different women to cover up what they truly got going on. Now, if you mean tell me that Dwight Howard is one of these big niggas that's holding niggas down, pinning them down, like he fucking, you know what I'm saying, Kevin Nash, you know what I'm saying, from ECW days type shit. If he one of these niggas holding niggas down like Kane and Undertaker and sucking their dicks, why it's a, a fucking man in a, in a dress named Kitty? Come on, my nigga. That means he does a lot more shit. He does a lot more other shit. And it in this in this short reading that I just read to y'all, we discovered this nigga is receiving cum videos. He receiving sexy pics from men. He holding niggas down, sucking dick. I can't even, bro. I can't even, yo, my nigga. I can't even imagine that. That's some wild ass shit. I can't even imagine that. I'm glad I can't. That's some sick ass shit. Dwight Howard will never be back in the league. Bro. I'm just being real with you. Wow. He'll never be back in the motherfucking league, bro. There's too much being tied to Dwight Howard. If it was just basketball, all right, cool. If it was just niggas didn't like his attitude, okay, cool. But at the same time, you being accused and being sued of holding niggas down and orally raping them, that's wild as fuck. My hands ain't, bro, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I wrestled, you know what I'm saying? Besides wrestling, my hands ain't never touched another nigga's thighs. I'm just being real. I've never had a need to touch another nigga's thighs. To have your hands on another nigga's thighs and taking their drawers off. And Come on, man. Next topic, bro. <laughs> Next fucking topic, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That shit's sick, man. <laughs> it's like I don't want to know Dwight Howard is being this guy, man. It just every time I feel like everything I every other week there's the news that come out Dwight Howard, it just gets worse and worse, bro. It comes out about his his, his ex, his baby mama accusing him of being, you know what I'm saying, some sick ass nigga. I find out that his kids have been, you know what I'm saying, accused multiple times of fucking touching other kids. You know what I'm saying? The video comes out. He get backlash about being a parent. You know what I'm saying? The TV show he was on, he's basically getting disrespect the whole time. Like, I just... There comes a point in time that is, even though as you want to support somebody so much, there comes a certain point in time to where you have to sit back and look at shit for what it is. Everybody ain't lying on you. You know what I'm saying? My mama always told me everybody ain't lying on me. Like when I used to get in trouble in school, like in every like the story just was increasingly like hey, it was just a known story from everybody. My mama used to always say everybody not lying on me. And everybody saying the same thing, everybody not lying on me. Now if it was one lie spread, okay. But everybody ain't lying on me. And Dwight Howard, bro, it's 
it's to, it's to the point where it's too much. When you got niggas suing you, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it becomes too much. When you got your baby mamas coming out, accusing you with all this wild shit, it becomes too much. When you go overseas and playing ball and then the, the president of the team that signed you come out and say he wants you to take a 95% pay cut, it becomes too much. When you can't get a job in the NBA, it becomes too much. You just won a championship and you can't get a job in the NBA. You're becoming too much of a problem. Like at this moment in time, it's time to go away. You need to pull a car on Malone. Carl Malone got so much shit that's tied up into him, but he goes away, so it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a problem anymore. But every time he, he shows his fucking face in the light, all that shit come back up. And every time we see Dwight Howard, we're gonna think of all this shit, bro. I know I am. So at this moment in time, I think Dwight Howard should truly just go away, my nigga. Go fish, go hunt like Carl Malone and all that good shit. You got enough money to where you should be good. We shouldn't have to keep... I don't want to see you on TV shows. I don't want to see highlights of you dunking on niggas. I don't want to see none of that. Because I'm always think of you holding niggas down, paying them down like you fucking The Undertaker, sucking they meat. Like, that's some wild-ass activity, my boy. I'm always thinking what your kids is doing to other kids. I'm always thinking what your baby mama is saying. I'm going to think of all this shit now. Just go away, bro. Just, just go the fuck away, please. <laughs> for, 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 for your legacy sake, the, the last bit of legacy you got, please, my man. Just go away, please. Moving on, man. Um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, something that I thought would never ever happen. You know, if you know Hash, then you know Hash is very family. I was very family oriented. Um. My immediate family was everything that I had. Um, if you know the story of how we moved out here, um, I moved out here two weeks after I graduated high school. Um, my aunt had already lived out here. She moved here in 08. But when we moved in 2013, it was me, my mom, my little brother. My uh, my grandma had recently, she had just moved out here as well. Uh, my uncle, his wife, his um, three girls, his dog, um, we all moved out here at the same time. Um, all lived in one house. So you had you had my uncle, his family, my mom and her, and me and my little brother, uh, my grandma, my aunt, and her husband, um, two dogs, one big ass house. And for a short period of time, it was it was amazing. You know, to have my immediate family, everybody that I truly gave a fuck about, um, in one household. Every day was <laughs> a motherfucking event. Of course, that increasingly over that outgrew itself. People had to get the fuck on. Um, I had to get the fuck on to become a man. Um, and I'm happy that I did that. I was always about family. My family in St. Louis was my, is my family in St. Louis, but my family in St. Louis would tell you that I don't really talk to them. And it's not because there's beef, but I've never been truly close to that side, to the other people in my family. There's, you know, sprinkled in walls I have, I have a uh, relationship with, but even those relationships are, you know what I'm saying, only so strong. You know what I mean? Um, so I always held strong on my immediate family and all our bonds. You know, something I noticed over my adult life 
is that I don't hear from people or see people when I'm just chilling. I'm always the person who has to make efforts to go see people and go and you know contact people. You know, the only reason why I bring this up on the podcast is because uh, my birthday is on 27th. My birthday is next week, right? The last time I really had a conversation, even seeing my family, other than my mom and my little brother, was last year on my birthday. And before that, it was some holiday before my birthday. And last year on my birthday, I had to get people together to see them for my birthday. And I noticed in this last year that if I'm not the person who's making the effort, I will never hear or see from these people in my life. And I accepted that. And the reason why I accepted that is because I had a, I had um, a heart issue last year around my birthday time a year ago, right? Um, and I honestly thought I was going to die. I honestly thought I was on, I was dying because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Uh, they thought I had blood clots. I thought I had blood clots. I thought I was going to die, right? And none of them even checked up on me. They never even came to my apartment. I live, I've been in this apartment now for um, two years. They've only been here once. The apartment before it, they only, only been to that apartment one time. And I was there for five years. So it's like, they don't interact with me. And I've come on this podcast and I told you how I'm a black sheep on my father's side of the family. They don't communicate with me. I don't have a relationship with them. I mentioned that to say I'm used to this shit. This shit don't break me. This shit don't do nothing. I'm used to motherfuckers acting like a hatch don't exist. I'm used to that. And I bring this up on the podcast because I know a lot of friends of the show. I I I see, I follow, I follow a lot of you guys on social media. I interact with a lot of you guys. And a lot of you guys always mention you have family issues. That family's always been a problem, some hating ass motherfucking family. Whatever the case may be, I come on this podcast to let you know, but you're not alone in that. I don't want you to pinpoint your family issues and think that there's something wrong with you. Now, sometimes motherfuckers just ain't shit. You have to identify when people don't put the effort in to understand you or get to know you or be around you. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be the person doing that all the time. You have to identify when people want just want to be around you when it's convenient for them. When I got some shit popping, that's when motherfuckers want to reach out to me and act like, I oh, oh I'm the motherfucker being Hollywood. No, it's fuck y'all. Because when I thought I was going to die, I didn't hear from none of you motherfuckers. So now that I'm feeling good and feel like I'm in the best mentality, best mind state in my life, I don't want to hear from none of you motherfuckers. So I wanted to come on the podcast because I know it was, it was a revelation that I made to myself within the last couple of days where it's like, I'm not family oriented no more. And I'm still big on family. I'm still big on, on the relationships I have with my mom and my little brother. But I'm not family oriented no more. That shit's overrated. Because I had to, I had to, I had to really sit down and be real with myself. I've always been the black sheep. I've always been the person that family looked at and said, "Eh." I've always been the one wanting those bonds and those, and those relationships. It was never the other way around. It was always me calling to go over motherfuckers' house. It was always me going driving across the city to go see motherfuckers and chill with them, doing shit I could do at my motherfucking house. Just because I wanted to see motherfuckers. And the moment that I stopped doing that, I haven't heard or seen these motherfuckers since. You know what I mean? I got a fucking grandma who, nigga, 
She'll claim every fucking little kid in the neighborhood is her grandchild and say that they look like her. She ain't never said that shit about me. And it's not about Hatch coming on here, you know what I'm saying, looking for a pity party, nothing like that. What I'm saying is I've always been the, you know what I'm saying, the black sheep, the guy on the outside. And I, know, and I realize that a lot of us out there have that in common. That's one thing that I noticed about me and my mom. Me and my mom both got that shit in common. She's always been the black sheep of the family, and I inherited that shit. And, it, and those are one of the things that I told you guys over the years that we've had a rocky relationship. But as I get older, our bond gets closer. And over the years, when I identified that as one of the things that for a fact is what links us together is that we are both black sheep of our family. We have both had to carry so much of our own. I gained so much more, so much more love and respect for my mom. And our bond has been inseparable, my nigga. So it's just one of those things. I'm not family oriented no more. So that's why a lot of times motherfuckers be trying to come to me and talk to me about certain shit. Maybe you have to realize what hat you talking about. Yeah, I got mood swings and all that, but nigga, I be growing rapidly. My growth is rapid, my nigga. So if you talk to me a year or two ago, I'm not the same, nigga. I done moved on so much. I'm not the same nigga who was all about family three years ago, five years ago, team. No, fuck that. I'm all about me. I'm about taking me to the top. I ain't taking nobody else to the top. Fuck all that. When I make it, everybody get on. When I make it, I'm on, nigga. My mama straight, my little brother straight. Everybody else, man, I don't know if to tell you, my nigga. I, 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 I send you some postcards. I ain't fucking with you. Because when I thought I was dying, where the fuck was you? When Hatch thought he was dying, where the fuck was you? Exactly. So, man, fuck y'all niggas, man. I ain't got shit to say about that shit. <laughs> I ain't got shit to say about that shit, man. Um, moving on before we get the fuck up out of here, B. Um, you know, as I mentioned, top of the episode, episode 160, man, on the ground 200, man. Although this is episode 160, y'all are in the second half of phase two. This is a very special episode because this is the third, the three-year anniversary, man. Uh, when this episode drops on July 23rd, this will be a three-year anniversary of the thin line between Jesus and Sandy podcast. I just want to say this, man. You know, I got my merch on today. This is the top seller. Um, I just want to say thank you. You know what I'm saying? I, we've been through so much together. And I say that because I've expressed so much in my personal life on this show. Um, on that, in times where people weren't listening, where numbers weren't sky high, where numbers weren't, you know what I'm saying, growing and things like that. Times where I felt like I was talking to myself when this shit first started. When we first hit our, our dip in the audience numbers. Um it's been a hell of a fucking grind, man. Um, I'm happy to say it's been another year of doing this. Uh, I'm happy to say I, I you know, maintain the uh, passion, the love um, to put this show out. We've updated the equipment. When you look at this episode compared to, you know, a year ago, <laughs> it, 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 it fails in comparison. You know what I'm saying? I think I looked at um, one episode, I think it was either two years ago. And it was uh, Basketball Guys Don't Like Ugly. That episode was about Chris Paul not winning the fucking ring. or Giannis winning the championship and shit like that. So I see these memories popping up about the show. And I just smile at it, bro, because there's been so much content over the years. And when I go back and listen to those memories, just like thinking about the episode from two years ago, a year ago, it's so much growth. You know what I'm saying? And not even just um, the quality of the show, but just the growth in the man behind the mic, the man that's on camera. Um, 
total different man. Total different man. I'm so happy to say that you guys have changed me a lot. You guys have been a part of this journey. You guys have witnessed this journey. You know, it's a lot of this shit I be doing on my own and in private and feeling like nobody gives a fuck about me. And, you know what I'm saying? Slumped over in the corner thinking I'm a loner and shit like that. Well, at the end of the day, I still got you guys. And when, and the day I realized that I had you guys, then my life changed dramatically, man. So, um, three years in, you know what I'm saying? Three years to infinity type shit. Shout out to Quavo, infinity links type shit. Um, who knows what will be next year? Who knows what will be at the five year mark, the 10 year mark, the 15 year mark? Who fucking knows, man? We, we, what we doing right now at the third, the three year mark? <laughs> if I, if you would have told me we was doing that shit last year at this time, I would have said you fucking crazy. If you had told me a year ago that at this moment in time, a year later, I would be racking in over a thousand streams every 30 days, you know what I'm saying? The average episode would get over 130 views. You know what I'm saying? If you would have told me that, I would have, I would have said you fucking lying. But then I then again I would have said, nah, that sound about right. <laughs> nah, I'm just happy, man. I'm blessed. I'm fortunate and grateful. Um, thankful for all you guys, man. Three year and three years in. Um, and we not stopping for a motherfucking me soul, man. The grind don't stop, man. After we after we complete 200, you are we on the grind of 300, on the grind of 400, on the grind of 500. This shit don't stop for a motherfucking soul, man. Tap in and get your fucking merch, man. Website should be coming up very motherfucking me soon. In the meantime, hit your boy up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, threads, wherever the fuck you can find that boy, at OG Hatch, man. Tap in if you're interested. $35 a shirt, men's and women's. Tap in with your boy, man. I got all flavors. <laughs> um, but with that being said, um, I think we hit all motherfucking me talks. I just run through the docket right fast. We got YNW Melly being granted mistrial. Jamie Foxx speaking. Kodak Black linking up with 6ix9ine. Dwight Howard on some nasty ass shit. The three year anniversary, me becoming not so family oriented. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all we motherfucking me got, man. Um, but with that being said, DJ, drop that fire ass beat, my boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I give it up on this side, man. It's all love these ways. Never let them sidetrack you with the bullshit. Always keep the pain, man. Hey, stay safe, stay sharp, stay sane. And I'll try this episode, man. We out this motherfucker. Great episode, episode 160, man. On the grind of two motherfucking me, honey. Um, great ass episode, if I do say so myself. Uh, I'm just very happy, man, at the space we in right now with the show. You know, so we really, we really growing at a, at a, at a nice, consistent rate right now. Um, I'm just, I'm very interested to see what we're going to do to finish out the year. Um, I'm just happy with what we got right now, man. Just very happy. Um, I got people. <laughs> Happy about the merch they receiving in the mail, putting it on, sending me pictures, making videos. It's just a great fucking space, man. It's a great time to be OG Hatch, man. I'm be honest with you. Um, birthday coming up. I'm gonna try to put out an episode on my birthday. Um, my birthday is on a Thursday. The day of the episode comes out, so I probably will just record on Wednesday. Um, 
you know, so court Wednesday night, as usual, put the episode out on my birthday. Um, I may not give you guys a Saturday recording just because uh, now it required me to record on Friday. And Friday is very, very busy. I plan on going bowling with the family, going to get a haircut, all types of shit. <laughs> I plan on enjoying my Friday night. And Saturday, I can't record just because um, I plan on going out of town for a little bit. So um very, very booked and busy. <laughs> booked and busy head ass. But no, my birthday um, is next Thursday. I will be, uh, my plan is to give you guys an episode for my birthday um, just because who who will try to miss that? That that only lines up, you know what I'm saying, every once in a while. So um, I'll try to give you guys a birthday episode for your boy, episode 161. Then take a little week off. Um, come back that following um, Wednesday episode, record, and we back to motherfucking me. I ready to schedule program. Um, but with that being said, however the fuck I do it, we know it's going to be great content coming your way. Either motherfucking me way. Episode 160, great episode. Thin line between Genius and Sandy, hosted by yours truly. Oh, gee! <laughs> Hash, you know the fuck it is, man. Quit playing with your motherfucking boy. Peace! Welcome to Raw is OG! Hash, man, you know the fuck it is, man. Quit playing with me, man. You dig! All right, all right, all right. Can y'all hear me out there, man? <laughs> Episode 160, man. Thin line between Genius and Insanity podcast, hosted by yours truly. Oh, gee. Hatch, man. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Welcome to Raw is OG. Hatch, man. You know what the fuck, man? Episode 160, man, on the ground 200. This shit don't stop for a motherfucking soul society every quarter. If you don't know what that means, that means I'm lit AF. <laughs> lit AF, my friend. <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you, man. DJ, hit me! Damn, 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 damn. Damn, damn, damn. Damn. Yeah, sir. What's popping with y'all, man? Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the Thin Line Between Genius and Insanity podcast, hosted by yours truly. Oh, gee. Hash, man. Now, spin that motherfucking me block, man. Like, I ain't gonna hold you, man. Tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow, man, when this episode drops, man, for you guys, this will be the three-year anniversary of this motherfucking me podcast. Quick round of applause for all the motherfucking fans. Three years, man. It's three motherfucking years, man. We've been doing this shit, man. July 23rd is the motherfucking me three-year anniversary of this podcast, man. I just want to say thank you to everybody that's tapped in during the motherfucking me conversation. Um, And you know how we do this episode 160. Ain't shit changed. So at this pivotal moment of the podcast... For all the first-time listeners, look, pay attention. All the bitch-ass niggas in the back, the hate-nash niggas in the back, the bad bitches. Oh, my God. <laughs> Always let them know, day one, friends of the show, I am. For the bitches, nigga. I am. For the bitches, nigga. I am. For the bitches, nigga. The flyest, highest, coolest, smoothest motherfucking host of them all. Oh, gee. 
Hatch, we know the fuck it is, man. What's up with you? Hope you're out there looking good, feeling good, staying safe. It's a whole lot of shit going on. I'm trusting, man. Take this shit each and every motherfucking episode. Once a shout out to everybody that's tapped in, joining the conversation, man. No matter if it's tapped in on YouTube at OGH TV, no matter if you tapped in on Rumble, no matter if you tapped in on DSP, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Audible, etc., etc. <laughs> no matter where you at, man, no matter how you support the motherfucking me show, man, I'm always genuinely. Um, appreciative and I uh, truly love appreciate all the love and support miss keep us empire brick by motherfucking me brick on the ground 200 this shit don't stop for a motherfucking me so episode 160 we going strong um we really ended up the, the second half of phase two very motherfucking me strong um like I just mentioned you know I'm talk about later on in the show but it's, it, I, I cannot say it enough the three-year anniversary of this podcast is truly sensational um I feel like this third year went by hella fucking fast. I feel like time is going by fast in general. You know what I'm saying? I feel like 2023 is breezing the fuck by. Um I think when you're doing something that you truly love and something you truly believe in, um time can go by fast cuz it doesn't feel like a job, you know what I'm saying? They're often stressful ass times. Um but time doesn't truly feel like a motherfucking job. Um you know what I'm saying? When I'm doing this goddamn show and doing and creating this content for you guys, I truly appreciate everybody's tapping in right now, fucking with the merch. Um, I truly appreciate all the goddamn love and support, man. I truly motherfucking me do. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> it's a whole lot of show in the motherfucking me document. You know, I give it up, Mr. Saturday record. I'm lit. I didn't take a shot. I didn't take a few bone rips. I'm feeling good. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> I mean, nah, man, I'm feeling good as fuck, man. After this, man, I'm sliding to the movies and shit. Got some waiting on me at the motherfucking me movies. I want to go see the Oppenheimer movie. I know that doesn't sound like the date like movie, <laughs> but I'm a movie watching nigga, man. Oppenheimer is, it looks fucking great, great cast. Um, and it's a Christopher Nolan joint, man. I'm very interested in Christopher Nolan directed movies. Um, he's a great fucking, uh, he's great at what the fuck he does. Um, but his whole last show on the motherfucking me docket, we'll get into all that shit probably next episode. Um, you know, before I was started recording, you know, I got hit with a text from one of my mans. Um, and he pretty much, <coughs> excuse me, he pretty much broke the news to me that <clears throat> YNW Melly Case got declared as a mistrial. Wow. Now, of course, you know, so I had to go check the sources, get on Twitter and shit. You see the motherfucking proper sources say that shit was true. Um, there was something I, I could have seen coming. You know, this was one of those cases where. I told you it's ups and downs throughout the motherfucking me trials and stuff like that. Um, this isn't saying that he's been on his way home or nothing like that. He may um, get granted a bail if I'm um, in a bond if they motherfucking me um, if his defense uh, gets granted that. Um, but they may try him again. I think the reason why I was declared a mistrial because the case is it is one of those cases where it's enough evidence to where you can clearly say this nigga did it. But there's enough evidence. On, there's enough things on the table that comes on his on the defensive side to where. The, the the death penalty that the the prosecution is seeking for makes the could make the jury look at this shit a little bit hesitant. They can't come to a you know some straight decision. And a lot of times I've I've watched plenty of episodes of Law and Order. I watched plenty of fucking love crime documentaries, crime, uh, plenty of crime movies and shit like that. Anytime the death penalty is on the table, there's always you know what I'm saying an issue. It's never a clean sweep. It got to be like some straight shit. A nigga got to do some straight shit. And even still, there will be that one person that be like, I don't know if we should kill him type shit. You know what I'm saying? So I think if they take the death penalty off the table, I think they can easily find this nigga guilty. But when the death penalty is on the table, the mistrial has to be there because there was so much time that had went by before they found even what they did find in evidence. There is no gun. You know what I'm saying? There is no prints on him. There was no 
um, bloody clothes found from Melly. He wasn't the one on tape going to the fucking hospital. He's blaming the nigga Portland pretty much. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can see why it was declared a mistrial, but I do, I do want to think about what does it mean for Y&W Miller's career. You know, we live in a time where, well, not even a time, this shit has always been the case. When niggas is, and is musicians or artists or anytime they're a public figure and they're attached to some type of criminal activity and they beat it, survive it, whatever the case may be, the interest from the public is multiplied by a thousand. The reports was already out that during the trial, his music sales was going through the fucking roof. Nigga, I started listening to YNW Miller. I had never heard this nigga. I had heard the Blue Balenciagas and Murder on My Mind song when they first came out, but that was only like a one-time thing. Nigga, since the trial, and I was tapped in damn near every every day watching the trial, nigga, I was listening to that them two songs every motherfucking day. They're my shits. <laughs> the nigga's talented. <laughs> so it's like you see it. You've seen it with Lil Boosie. Now, granted, <clears throat> I think it would work for YNW Melly way better than death for Lil Boosie because, granted, <clears throat> Although Lil Boosie went to prison and once he came out, he was greeted with love and shit like that. And the, and the streets loved him. The fans loved him and shit like that. He was way past his prime. Like, the music Boosie makes now, is it's fucking ridiculous. I'll be honest with you. But YNW Melly, the nigga only like, what, 23, 24 years old? These niggas, this nigga was young catching bodies. This nigga was young doing this shit. So it's like... <coughs> excuse me, fuck... <clears throat> So it's like I can see this working for him in a, in a tremendous way. Like I say, his sales was already through the roof on trial. Now, if he is, you know, if he is granted a bond and he does, you know, bail out and shit like that, he can make the music, he can make music and all types of shit like that. So it can be a very interesting time for YNW Melly's music career. But it is interesting to see that he actually was this was granted a mistrial. It was so much shit going on with this, but I told you his prosecution blew a three-one lead. When you had all this evidence, you had all this shit stacked up, you had all these years to compile evidence. And this is what you come with. It is kind of weak. You are relying on cell phone. You are relying on geometrics. You are relying on the technology side of it. But when it comes to straight, you know what I'm saying, hard evidence, I don't know. But like I got told my homeboy, and niggas lucky I wasn't on the jury. Wow. <laughs> Look, I'm be honest with you. Melly would have been cooked. I'm convinced the nigga did it. I'm gonna be honest with you. Now I'm gonna say allegedly because he's still fighting for his life. You know what I'm saying? You're innocent until proven guilty. But that nigga's lucky I'm not one of those eight votes that would have needed for the death penalty. Because there's enough evidence for me to say, okay, this wasn't a drive-by, my nigga. Why the fuck did you just get out the car all of a sudden? Why the fuck, you know what I'm saying? Why Why? why in the fuck is there defense wounds on a nigga in the backseat that was sitting next to you when you on a video that we show getting into that motherfucking we caught? Nigga, why is your cell phone pinging off, off this motherfucking shit? You can't convince me that's not your cell phone, Melly. <laughs> nigga, I, I know how this shit works. I'm young enough to know how this shit works, brother. I'm convinced the nigga did the shit. But if the nigga beats this case, you know how I give it up with OJ Simpson. I, it's going to be the same thing with OJ. I don't believe OJ did it because OJ beat the case. The system is rigged for niggas to go to jail, fam. So anytime a nigga beat the system, I'm not going to be the nigga saying he beat the system. Nah, fuck that. That nigga, he won the case. He ain't beat the system. He ain't tricked the system. He ain't do none of that shit. He ain't pay him off none of that shit. Anytime a nigga beats this shit and, and, and wins the case, I believe in the justice system. Because I know what the fuck the system is designed to do. Does the system been fucking railroad niggas since it's been created? So I'm never finna, if the nigga is beats this shit because with the mistrial prosecution has to even declare if they want to even try this shit again which i'm pretty sure they are 
it's too much. It's too, even though it's circumstantial evidence, it's too much circumstantial evidence to not try this. This trial was much, much shorter than Young Thug's trial. Young Thug's trial is projected to go six to seven months. Six to seven fucking months. My nigga, if y'all still think Young Thug, if y'all still think Young Thug is getting out when his trial is gonna be six to seven months, you own some, you own whatever you're smoking, buddy. Please put that shit the fuck down. Six to seven month trial, plead the fuck out. <laughs> Nigga, stay, save the state some money. <laughs> You're tripping, brother. Why in W. Melly trial didn't even take that long? It probably took like a month, maybe even two, to be honest. It probably took two months. I ain't gonna lie. But it didn't feel like it took that motherfucking me long. There isn't, there isn't that many witnesses. The defense doesn't have that much. That, it only had one witness. The defense doesn't have a strong, straight leg to stand on. It's just, I think the death penalty is what's really stopping all this shit. There isn't enough, there isn't a smoking gun. So without a smoking gun, I don't think anybody would really sign off. You know, eight people will sign off on a death penalty without a smoking gun. Everything else proves that the nigga did the shit, but I probably couldn't sign off on killing this nigga without the gun. You know what I'm saying? Without somebody straight saying that this nigga did it. So I think that's truly what's stopping all this shit, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with YNW Melly. Um, like I said, this shit can could take him off and be one of the biggest rappers in the world. It, it truly motherfucking me could because controversy sells. Um, and hip hop niggas want that real shit, unfortunately. And if niggas was saying, imagine if King Von was living right now, my nigga. Let's just keep it above. King Von just dropped the album posthumously, and that shit still sold thirty k in the first week. Niggas is still now. I heard niggas talking about the King Von album. I heard a few tracks off of the shit sound hard as fuck. Imagine if King Von was alive and the myth and the aura of King Von that we know it as, and he was alive. What do you think the myth and the aura of YNW Melly is? Even if you, even if you're going to have one side nigga saying these niggas crazy as a motherfucker, he killed his homeboys, he, 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 he a grimy ass nigga, he an ain't shit ass nigga, then you had the other side who championed this shit. Who look at this shit and say, oh, this nigga really about that motherfucking me life. I told y'all about the shit that King Von and Lil Durk said actually happened. I don't know why niggas ain't been paying attention to that. Why uh, Lil Durk and, and King Von has always said that them niggas is trying to backdoor YNW Miller, so that's why he did shit. Them niggas, is, they, them niggas been saying this shit in songs, in interviews, and it's like nobody's been paying attention to that shit. So it's like you're going to have that side champion YNW Melly. Then you have that other side, you're going to be a very polarizing figure. So it's gonna be very motherfucking interesting to see where this shit goes. The trolley motherfucking is. Um, but moving on, let's go ahead and get to Jamie motherfucking me Fox, man. No, you know, I've said it time and time again. You know what I'm saying about my um, infatuation. You know what I'm saying in with Jamie Fox. He's one of those guys that basically raised me from television. Him, Martin Lawrence. Um, I watched the Jamie Fox show every day all fucking day his comedy his comedy skills his acting skills um can't sing but his overall just being multifaceted and multi-talented is something i've always envied and always something i tried to try to do um jamie fox had a brain aneurysm a few months back um and went dark you know what i'm saying me personally i respected it not because you know what I'm saying? It's something because I'm it's just just because of Jamie Foxx. I do that with people in general. I don't like to speculate. 
because I'm always someone who I assume the worst. When I go through shit, I assume for the worst. I plan for the worst. And if it's not the worst, then I feel I feel good about that. It can be bad as fuck, but as long as it wasn't the worst possible outcome, out, the worst possible outcome, I'm okay with that because I'm preparing for the worst. But when it comes to other people, I don't like doing that because I'm pretty much a negative person when it comes to that type of shit. So it can be someone in my family, someone I don't know, someone I came across in passing. Anytime I hear about some shit and it's up in the air, we don't really know what's going on. I kind of even I, I kind of stop thinking about the shit because I don't want to speculate and put bad juju on motherfuckers. I believe in, you know, what I'm saying the power of the word when they got truly motherfucking do. So when the Jamie Foxx situation went down, he had the brain aneurysm. That was all the information I truly needed. If it was a if it was on some Jamie Foxx is in the hospital, unknown condition, then I would have been, I probably would have speculated a little bit. But when you tell me Jamie Foxx has a brain aneurysm, a stroke, that's all I need to know. I've been around people who's had strokes out of nowhere. I've seen them with one side of their face hanging, nigga. Like the after effects, they for days, nigga, one side of their face is just hanging, frozen type shit. Like I've seen that. So I can understand if you tell me that Jamie Foxx has a brain aneurysm, then he goes dark. Like the nigga said, he doesn't want people to see him like that. So when Jamie Foxx comes out and speaks, you know what I'm saying, it really, it really humbled a lot of people. It really felt good to see because there was a lot of speculation. I follow his daughter on social media. Um, I follow Jamie Foxx's account. Everything seemed to be moving along as he was okay, but there was still speculation because he wasn't talking. And we live in a time and day and age where everybody wants to know everybody's business. That's just how the fuck it is now. On social media, everybody's is 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 um they're 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 used to people, everybody's oversharing private information. People wanted to see Jamie Foxx pictures in the bed, tubes and shit. Niggas want to see daily uh, updates of Jamie Foxx. And it comes to the point of who the fuck do we think we are? But at the same time, we've been conditioned as a people for the last, what, 10, 15 years, maybe? Social media been popping for, like, 10, 15 years at this moment. Like, MySpace and Bebo and all that shit been popping. That's really talk about Twitter and Instagram. That shit been popping for at least 10 years now, bro. So we've been conditioned as a people for a decade, at least, of people oversharing. So when it came to Jamie Foxx, even although I was upset that people was doing it, I had to eventually understand why people were doing it because they were used to every other celebrity and not even just celebrities. Nigga, people that work at fucking grocery stores oversharing their life. Nigga, I, I have a podcast. One could say I overshare my fucking life. But I want to play this clip from Jamie Foxx so you guys can hear the words from the man himself. First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody that's prayed, man, and sent me messages. I cannot even begin to tell you um, how, how far it took me and how, how it brought me back. Um, uh, I went through something that I, I thought I would never, ever go through. Uh, and I know a lot of people were waiting, you know, or wanting to hear updates, but to be honest with you, I just didn't want you to see me like that. Welcome to television show I didn't want you to see me with uh with tubes uh, running out of me and and trying to figure out uh if if I was gonna 
make it through. And to be honest with you, my uh, my sister Deidre Dixon, my daughter Corinne Marie saved my life. So uh, to them, to God, to a lot of great medical people, uh, I'm able to leave you this uh, video. I cannot tell you how great it feels to have your family kick in in such a way. And I don't know. <laughs> That's a long ass video. Um, great to see Jamie Foxx in good condition. Great to see Jamie Foxx. He, although in that video, he does like he lost a little bit of weight. One would just, you could assume that just because when people go through medical situations like that, they tend to lose a lot of weight. They probably not eating solid foods for a minute, probably on a little liquid diet type shit. You know, so you probably just chilling out for the most part. Um, that stress and all that mess can do that to you. Um, but it's Jamie fucking Foxx. They didn't clone him, my nigga. They didn't do all that bullshit that you have some ignorant asshole say. Um, I'm just happy to hear from Jamie Foxx. I'm happy to see Jamie Foxx himself. Um, because although he was sick and he was going dark with the news from his uh, his family, um, first of all, round of applause for his family because, as I said, we live in a time where there's leaks of information. Um, there's leaks of information from every fucking where. A lot of times it's from family members. You know what I'm saying? So I want to say thank you to the Fox family um, for not leaking any information, not leaking any pictures, no, you know what I'm saying, no Twitter, no tweets, nothing that you can insinuate anything, give the hint at anything. Um, I respect that. I would I would always um, hope that to be the case for all these celebrities because um, it's okay to be a celebrity. It's okay to be known. It's okay to be well-liked and even, well, even hated at times. It's okay for people to know who the fuck you are. But I think there should always be boundaries set in place. We should know everything about people. When people are sick, when people are going through personal situations, those are personal situations. I, as a fan of Jimmy Foster, someone he's influenced, someone he's, you know what I'm saying, inspired amongst his way of, of his journey. I don't want to see pictures of Jamie Foxx fucked up. I don't want to see him in a hospital bed with tubes and even if half his face probably fucked up. I don't want to see that. The Jamie Foxx I know is a goofy-ass Jamie Foxx. I've never seen anything other than Jamie Foxx being goofy. The most serious I've ever seen Jamie Foxx was in Ray. So I don't want to see that. And I'm thankful that I didn't see that. Because although he was sick and out the blue, I, you, you always seen Jamie Foxx ads. He had hella movies coming out. Yeah, at least like four movies coming out in 2023 alone. You get, if, you, if you a sports bearer, you see the Bet MGM you know what I'm saying? Sports book ads all over the goddamn place. You see Jamie Foxx everywhere. So it was good to see you know, in one light, you looked the, the face was still put up that he was a man just handling business. But at the same time, we truly didn't know what his straight, you know what I'm saying, health status was. And it's just glad to see hear from Jamie Foxx, see Jamie Foxx, know that he's okay, know that he's gonna be back to doing this motherfucking thing. You seen the videos of him on the yacht, you seen the videos of him playing pickle, uh, what's it called pickleball. I want to get into this pickleball shit. Ain't it just tennis? Ain't that just tennis? Like that's that's what it looks like. Even if I'm not bullshitting, what is the difference between tennis and pickleball? Please feel me the fuck in. I don't know if it's if it's a different ball or different. Is it is it the swinging object? Like what the fuck is the difference? The court smaller? Like what is it? I see two people on the side of a net swinging at a motherfucking me ball. It looks like tennis. I'm, okay. It looks like two on two tennis, my nigga. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> but you've seen the videos of those surfacing and things like that. Um, it's just happy to see that these things are true. He's doing good. 
Um, he's getting back to his normal self, man. So it's a beautiful thing to truly motherfucking be see it. It really is. Um, but moving on, man. Let's go ahead and get to Kodak Black, man. <laughs> you know, Kodak Black is an interesting, interesting guy. You know, Kodak Black, the last couple of weeks, I've been looking on at Kodak Black for a fucking damn there, put him on Amber Alert, goddamn it. I think I think Kodak Black is a, is a functioning dope head. That's truly what the fuck I think he is. And I don't think I'm alone in that sentiment. But I don't think I'm the only one who's thought these things from the day one. From day one, Kodak Black has been very, very open about his use of hard drugs. Very fucking open. And I'm telling you, he comes up in this era of rappers that the that, that drugs that these niggas is doing, they are influenced. They came in the game heavy on lean. They come in the game heavy on purse. They come in the game heavy on coke. And I, I didn't even know in my generation of niggas that that was still a thing. But I see more and more people popping up straight on coke. I, I, it blows my fucking mind that niggas, that's the, that's the drug of choice. But that's the era that niggas is in. This era, motherfuckers, is on strict hard drugs, my nigga. It ain't just weed no more. Niggas is on pills just to be on pills. And Kodak Black has always been open with that. Over the years, if you truly looked at Kodak Black from when he first came out, you look at Kodak Black now, that looks like a total different nigga. The Kodak Black that first came out, the skinny, healthy-looking Kodak Black, that nigga looks totally different from what the fuck he looks like now. And you can you can just pinpoint that to the drugs and the alcohol, the lean, whatever the fuck you want to put it on. The in and out of jail, all that shit, just lump that into one, and that's why he looks the way he looks now. He looks like a functioning crackhead, bro. I literally see videos surfacing of this nigga roaming the streets, roaming into just random ass, you know what I'm saying, liquor stores and corner stores in random ass cities. Kodak fucking black. It's the wildest shit in the world because you will see a video for Thursday night of this nigga in Memphis somewhere lacking where a nigga pulling out a gun saying, I'm going to smoke this nigga Kodak Black. Was that, was that Memphis? Because I think it was, it, was a, it was a video of this nigga in Memphis too. It was one of these niggas in some city by itself, shirt off, roaming, looking high as a motherfucker going to a corner store and a nigga on video saying, I, I smoked this nigga showing this gun. This is Kodak Black. You will see a video like that and then for when Saturday come around, you see this nigga at Rolling Loud performing in front of 20,000 fucking people. This nigga, look, bro. When you make it to a certain point, the yes men are everywhere. You know what I mean? I'm convinced. I, I'm pretty sure for a fact that somebody's in Kodak Black's ear, or at least has been in the last couple years trying to say, yo, my nigga, slow it down. His lawyer has to say something. Kodak Black keep failing piss testers. He keep missing piss testers. They keep having to lock his ass up. But when you get to the point where in, in the same week you can have incidents to where this nigga's roaming the streets, to where this nigga's performing and rolling loud, to where this nigga's doing collaborations with 6 9 for a million dollar features, where do you think that money's going to go? Let's keep it a bang. Wow. Where do you think that money truly going to go? I know where it's going to go. I heard the rumors. Have you heard the rumors with, with Kodak Black doing? I heard the nigga smoking that fan. And I don't want to put that out there, but that's what's out there. 
Niggas is saying Kodak Black is on fentanyl. Have y'all watched his IG lives? Do we sound like a nigga that's just smoking weed to y'all? Do we sound like a nigga that's just on? He's smoking like some sherm, bro. PCP. Some of that, some of that, that, that water, my nigga. But when you see him doing all this shit, and then you see him rolling loud, all these other shows, performing, doing these features and working, it can get, and niggas can look the other way. Niggas can just be like, oh, that's Yak being Yak. That's just a nigga from the trenches. That's just a, a young, dumb niggas from the boot, whatever the fuck, Miami type shit. No, my nigga. That's a fucking dope head. There, there's no other way around it. That isn't the that isn't the, the school system. That isn't none of that shit. That ain't that ain't poor parenting. That ain't that that is drugs. The hard stuff. Some of it was probably even laced. But Kodak Black also has the end the hip hop industry up in the uproar. News just went news just went out. Kodak Black and Six Nine have a collaboration coming out. I believe it was put together by Whack One Hundred. I'll be honest with you. This Kodak Black and 6ix9ine shit, it isn't affecting me how it's affecting everybody else. I'll be honest with you. I don't care about a nigga doing a song with 6ix9ine. If a nigga's doing, if he's dangling a million dollar feature right in your face, I'm pretty sure a lot of these niggas gonna do that. Especially a nigga that we looking at that may be on that fence. Why wouldn't he take that? That's all drug money, bro. That's all money for drugs. <laughs> He's going to take that. That's pookie, nigga. That's pookie right there. From New Jack City, he's taking that million no matter what. But even with that being his justifiable reason for taking that money, I'm not mad at Kodak Black for doing that feature. From what I heard, Kodak Black did 6 9 on the feature. Talking about he, 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 he doing so much, he got this rat giving him cheese. If a nigga is just trying to give you a million dollars for a feature, you tell me you're not going to take it? You telling me what? You you on the streets that heavy? You telling me what hip-hop is what? One thing with this Kodak Black feature with 6ix9ine did, it also, it also stemmed how goofy hip-hop truly is. I don't understand. I, maybe because I've seen the China Mac video, the Boosie video. The shit just lame to me. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's just lame to me. It's just lame to me. Because now you're talking about you're not going to make money with a nigga. Now you're talking about you're not going to make money with a nigga. It's okay to have morals and principles with a nigga saying you can't fuck with that nigga at all. But now you're talking about you going to take a million dollar check from a nigga because of what? Because he snitched on some niggas you ain't even know? That's what you finna tell me right now? Look, let me tell you something. Put the camera close up. I don't give a fuck what a nigga did. If he didn't do shit to impact me directly, directly my family and he trying to give me a million dollars to do a feature and i can't even diss this nigga in my verse i'm taking it i don't give a fuck especially if i ain't got no money if i ain't got no money my nigga a million dollar feature it don't matter if i take that back it don't matter how much money i got a million dollar feature is a million dollar feature bro that's a lot of fucking money to even diss a nigga on his own song and you niggas trying to stand on what what morals and what principles is you niggas standing on? What exactly, what are you standing on? Because now we not in the streets. Now we talking about business. Now we talking about business. Now you niggas telling me you were turning down a million dollars. China Mac, you turned down a million dollars because of what? A little Boosie. 
My nigga, then you just get locked up and have to sell one of your cars to bail out for 500000 So you turn down a million dollars for what? You ain't had a hit in what? And you ain't had a hit in how long? So you need to turn down a million dollars for two apiece. Who? What image is you bum-ass niggas trying to uphold? I just don't think, I just don't, I hate when niggas be trying to keep it real so hard where they just fake as a motherfucker. You're lying. I don't, I, I, I don't have, I don't have to stand with a nigga, believe with a nigga did or rock with a nigga to take his million dollars. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I, I just don't. That's like a nigga, that's like a nigga, he's snitching, but he want to come fucking play basketball one-on-one for a million dollars. I ain't going to do it. What the fuck do you mean I ain't going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to play this bitch at for a million dollars. I'm gonna hop on this song for a million fucking dollars. I don't, I don't give a fuck how it performs. It could be one of my worst verses I ever worked. It could be the, the worst verse ever. My nigga, I'm taking that million dollars. But hip hop just in a lame ass space right now, bro. Everybody trying to be super gangster. It's lame to be cool. You know what I'm saying? It's so lame to just be a normal ass nigga in hip hop now, bro. Everybody's super gangster. Everybody, no snitching, no snitching. That's why I'm happy that Gunner is on the wave that he on. Even though I think that nigga did what he did, he know what he did. Although I don't like the way he's playing it, acting like he didn't do it, and acting like he got played like by the justice system. No, the fuck he didn't. But I like that. Yeah, his back was in the corner. And this anti-snitching hip-hop wave that niggas is on, niggas is getting shut shut the fuck up. Niggas is get, niggas is basically getting told to shut the fuck up right now with that shit. Because at the at this moment, Gunna probably the hottest artist out right now. Like I'm not even bullshitting. Gunna probably the hardest artist artist out right now. You got Playboy Cardi, you got Gunna, you got Drake, of course, Twenty One Savage, of course. But those are probably the biggest names in hip-hop right now. And I'm happy that Gunner's having his way that he on, and you see the, the the decline rapidly of Lil Dirt from his album. Ain't nobody talking about Lil Dirt no more. A little baby can't even sell a fucking show right now. You know what I'm saying? All these niggas is canceling tour dates and fucking Gunner is going off. So I'm happy for it right now. The hip hop has been proven to be lame as a motherfucker. It truly has been. And also, it's been it's been proven to be a hypocrite. Hypocrisy is big in hip hop. And I only mention that because, as I mentioned at the top of this segment. You know, Wack 100 um, came out and he said that he put this shit together. I've never been one to um, hate on somebody for doing business, right? But it's an interesting thing about Wack 100. Wack 100 be on Clubhouse and shit. And I've never been on Clubhouse. I'm not interested in Clubhouse, but I don't, I'm not going to hate on the platform. But Wack 100 be on Clubhouse exposing niggas with snitching, bringing up paperwork upon paperwork upon paperwork. But he does business with 6ix9ine. See, the reason why I call hypocrite on certain shit is because, my nigga, why do you care so much about snitching when you can't benefit from it? See, it's all cool if a nigga snitching when you can benefit from it. As long as you can put your money in the in the pot, your hand in that money pot, you cool with it. But when other niggas is quote-unquote snitching, you want to be the nigga on your platform bringing up paperwork. See, I just think that's some lame-ass nigga activity, me personally. Especially for a nigga to be that old doing the shit that he's doing. You that old and you still that big pyro? 
you that old and you still doing that, my nigga? Like, you, you that old and you still doing that? If you wasn't one of the founding members of that shit, shut the fuck up. That's truly how I feel. That's not even just about whack 100. If you wasn't a founding member of some shit, man, you supposed to outgrow some shit. You supposed to outgrow some shit, just link up with the boys and get drinks at the bar or some shit. Take care of your fucking kids and grandkids and shit, nigga. Why are you still out there doing military push-ups and shit on the yard with the niggas at the warehouse type shit? Why are you the nigga doing that? But it's an image. I get it. You got to make money. <coughs> but I don't respect niggas who only got a problem with certain things when they can't make money off of it. Because I don't give a fuck how you try to slice and dice it, my nigga. That's a bitch-made-ass move. When you want to be the nigga that outs niggas, when you want to be the nigga that talk down and talk big and bad to niggas and try to bitch niggas on the net because they quote-unquote allegedly snitched on niggas and you the nigga that got the paperwork. But as long as you can make money with a nigga, you ain't got no problems with it. That's some whole shit. That's truly how the fuck I feel about it. It's not even just because it's whack 100. It could be anybody. That's some whole nigga activity. If it's content, say it's content. But don't be the nigga that's making money with a known snitch. He's probably the biggest. He probably the biggest snitch in the last fifty years, my nigga. He probably the biggest snitch in the last fifty motherfucking years. And you've been making money with this nigga for a minute. You've been sitting down doing interviews with this nigga, all types of shit, having personal phone calls with this rat ass nigga. But you the same nigga that be yelling in your phone at fifty years old. Nigga laying on fucking beds with your ass tooed in the air yelling at niggas on phones about them snitching. And what world does that fucking make sense? And what world does niggas who listen to this nigga whack 100 not identify that as some bitch ass nigga shit? Come on, my nigga, you 50. You down, you, you closer to 100, nigga, than you is, than you is a toddler. Think about that before you start trying to approach niggas up on their snitching shit. You closer to a honey than you is a fucking toddler, my nigga. And you acting like a little-ass kid, a little-ass bully-ass nigga. And that's why I say hip-hop is lame as a motherfucker. Because Wack 100 be the first nigga to call a nigga out about being a culture vulture. Wack 100 be one of the first niggas to tell him, this is hip-hop, this is the culture, this is power. He'd be the first nigga to do all that bullshit. All that bullshit. But be the first nigga to hop in business with a fucking rat. But be the but be one of the first niggas to call another nigga out for being a fucking rat. Hip hop is a fucking joke, man. Hip hop is a fucking joke when you got niggas like Wack One Hundred, niggas like China Mac. You know what I'm saying? When you got niggas like them at the forefront, being pioneers in the culture in the community. They can flip flop whatever the fuck they 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 damn well please. That's when you identify hip hop as a fucking joke. This culture is a fucking joke, my nigga. Done talking about these sorry ass niggas, man. Moving the fuck on, man. Um, <clears throat> hey, let's get into this nigga Dwight, man. Uh, Dwight Howard, man. You know, time and time again, I've come on this podcast, bro, and I've talked about Dwight Howard. Uh, and I've supported Dwight Howard through thick and thin. You know, I I I was a Dwight fan when he was in Orlando. 
Um, obviously, I'm a Lakers fan. When he came to the Lakers, I was happy. Um, he was hurt. You know, I appreciate what he did for us, but it was definitely a disappointment. Um, I hated that he left us the way he did, but I understood it. Dwight Howard has had a – I don't even it, – it, it's just difficult even talking about. Because I want to say Dwight Howard has had a difficult, rough last 10 years. But the reason Dwight Howard was on the podcast today, why he's in the news today, my nigga, I don't want to give him any sympathy, any empathy, any of that shit. You know, last week, two weeks ago, I talked about how he was training his son. And me as someone whose father was murdered at three years old, that's something I always wanted. That's how I said I would be with my son if I ever had one. Train, train, train. I'm finna make you, we finna make you a star. But the reason Dwight Howard's in the news today is, is, is far, far, far less, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's far less appreciative, you know, so far less gratitude in this topic that I'm finna discuss about this nigga Dwight motherfucking me Howard. You know, Dwight Howard is being sued and being accused of doing some wild ass activity. I first got this story last week. Um, I got this story last week from my cousin. My cousin hit me up with this, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Dwight Howard, as of right now, is being sued um, for the assumption of battery and charge on a man named Harper. Let me see if I can bring it up a little bit better. Let me see if I can go to my DM right fast and find it that way. Because Dwight Howard is being sued for sexual misconduct, all types of wild ass shit. Niggas got text messages, all types of shit. Um, so here it is right now. It says, according to Stephen Harper, the alleged victim, he filed a lawsuit against Dwight Howard regarding an assumption and battery charge for Harper and I wanted to participate in a threesome with Howard. Wow. 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 There's two men. Let's just keep it at that. And so far, we're looking at this two. This is two men. So far in this threesome, right? The suit alleges that on July 19, 2021, Howard contacted Harper to tell him he was thinking about that meat. Wow. 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 Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Another man is saying you thinking about that meat is fucking Crazy. Embarrassing. <laughs> Embarrassing. Crazy. That's how you gay niggas giving it up. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, says upon re- upon viewing Mr. Harper's primary account, Howard indicated that he was waiting on Harper to send pics. Harper claimed Howard told me he was into freaky sexual content, exposing interest and wanted to see Mr. Harper's nudes and cum shots. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. Screenshots of the alleged conversation further indicate how we're telling Harper, now I want you to know I'm not like gay or anything. I j- I'm just a little nasty sometimes. I don't want to offend you. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Oh my God. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. I know we live in 2023. We live in an era of, you know, cisgender shit, transgender shit, non-binary shit. Uh, fluid, you know what I'm saying? We live in a, in a world where all that exists. My nigga, the moment you ask a man to send you dick pics and cum shots and shit like that, and that you into freaky deaky shit, you're gay. There's nothing else to talk about. There, there's no, there is no, I'm not gay after that. No, you're gay. You, you, that's the moment that you got drafted into, <laughs> into the gay community. Like Adam Silver, 
called you up. Like, hold on, like on some no bullshit. Hold on, like, like Adam Silver really hit you the fuck up. Like that's not even like no, like that's not like no bullshit. That ain't like nothing to even like play around with. You know what I'm saying? Like you really is a freaky ass nigga after that. Like there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> like there's nothing else to motherfucking really discuss at that moment. Let's continue. It says in the suit, Harper claims that while he didn't want to participate in the threesome, he still arrived at Howard's home and engaged in consensual sense. Wow. Now, I'll be honest with you. We usually have these conversations talking about women. My nigga, if someone hits you up about having a threesome and you don't want to have the threesome, why do you still go? Uh, like, all the other shit is wild as this shit is, and I'm going to get to the other wild shit. People have to stop putting themselves in these wild-ass situations because you noticed the red flags early on. And not only did you notice the red flags, you didn't want to do it. You didn't want to do it. So if you know somebody's trying to have a threesome and trying to have sex and fuck you that night, why are you going? It's not like you didn't know and they surprised, surprised, bitches ain't like that. I get those situations. But in a situation to where you know when someone comes to you and tells you they want to do this with you tonight, and you say you're not interested, but you 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 go anyway. You you in your mind, you're not interested, but you still go and you still go and and and, and participate in the foreplay that leads up into the threesome. Like, in what world does that truly fucking make sense? But we shall continue. <laughs> um, the two talked for about 30, 40 minutes before Howard allegedly steered the conversation back to one of sexual nature. Shortly after, a man dresses a woman named Kitty. Wow. What the fuck is going on, Mr. Howard? A, na- a man, a woman named Kitty arrived. Howard attempted to force Harper to participate in the threesome. It's alleged that by Harper when that they said what? It's alleged by Harper that when sexual activities ensued, he physically and verbally told Howard no about not wanting to engage. But Howard became angry and tried to force him to participate. Howard states, I'm sorry, Harper states in the suit that Howard stood up over him. And um, I gotta be honest with you, Dwight Howard is like six ten, six ten, and full of like muscles. That nigga standing over you can be pretty intimidating. I'm rolling with Mr. Harper at this point. <laughs> I'm with Mr. Harper at this point. Um, he stood up over him, proceeding to grab Harper by his thighs. Oh my god. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Okay. Oh, man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Fuck. He said forcefully he 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 grabbed Harper by his thighs and forcefully removed his underwear. It also reveals that Howard held Mr. Harper down and performed non-consensual oral sex. Man, I found out to my oh knees when the law Embarrassing. Oh my Embarrassing. God. Oh, my God. He says that perform non-consensual oral sex. How do you perform non-consensual oral sex? Oh, my God. What is going on? He said, and Mr. Harper was in fear of imminent bodily harm. Man, I found out to my knees when the I'm with you. <laughs> Have you seen Dwight Howard? That nigga has the shoulders of Zeus. That nigga has the shoulders of Hercules himself, nigga. He stood up over you in the dark. 
put them fucking hands down you, them fucking mittens, them fucking shock light hands, all them rebounds he used to grab in the league, took your thighs and started sucking your, oh my God. I would have been scared as fuck if this is true. He says uh, he was in fear of imminent bodily harm when Howard had pinned him down. Oh, my God. He was sucking this man's dick. Oh, my God. Look, I've been champion for Dwight to get back in the league. You've seen the reports about the Warriors looking at him. Steph don't want this shit around him. Steph don't want this shit around him. Clay don't want this shit around him. Please do not put this nigga in the locker room with uh, Draymond Green. Imagine the shit Draymond Green to say to this nigga. Wow. <laughs> Imagine if he missed some free throws and Draymond Green and Chris Paul on this nigga. Wow. <laughs> Dwight Howard. Dwight. Dwight. Nasty bitch. What the fuck is this? Look, I'm joking around here, and I shouldn't because there is an alleged victim. I get mad when men be our victims, and it's not taken seriously. So I'm taking the serious nature that there is a victim at the, in this situation. But damn, I, I can't focus on the victim. I can only look at this big-ass nigga named Dwight Howard that I only know as being his dominant center, leading Orlando to the finals, People always say he was a little, you know what I'm saying? We seen the videos on the sideline with him sticking his fingers or somebody up his teammates' ass. We 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 seen his his goofy nature. We've seen these things, and also it ties back to something I said last episode. I told you about the niggas who have all those kids. Dwight Howard got a shit ton of kids, bro. Dwight Howard got a shit ton of kids, different baby mamas. And I told y'all a lot of times, not all the time. There is times when niggas just love pussy and niggas just don't wear condoms type shit. But a lot of times there are cases when niggas do have a lot of kids by a lot of different women to cover up what they truly got going on. Now, if you mean tell me that Dwight Howard is one of these big niggas that's holding niggas down, pinning them down, like he fucking, you know what I'm saying, Kevin Nash, you know what I'm saying, from ECW days type shit. If he one of these niggas holding niggas down like Kane and Undertaker and sucking their dicks, why it's a, a fucking man in a, in a dress named Kitty? Come on, my nigga. That means he does a lot more shit. He does a lot more other shit. And it, in, this, in this short reading that I just read to y'all, we discovered this nigga is receiving cum videos. He receiving sexy pics from men. He holding niggas down sucking dick. I can't even, bro, I can't even, yo, my nigga, I can't even imagine that. That's some wild ass shit. I can't even imagine that. I'm glad I can't. That's some sick ass shit. Dwight Howard will never be back in the league, bro. I'm just being real with you. Wow. He'll never be back in the motherfucking league, bro. There's too much being tied to Dwight Howard. If it was just basketball, all right, cool. If it was just niggas didn't like his attitude, okay, cool. But at the same time, you being accused and being sued of holding niggas down and orally raping them, that's wild as fuck. My hands ain't, bro, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I wrestled, you know what I'm saying? Besides wrestling, my hands ain't never touched another nigga's thighs. 
I'm just being real. I've never had a need to touch another nigga's thighs. To have your hands on another nigga's thighs and taking their drawers off. And come on, man. Next topic, bro. <laughs> Next fucking topic, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that shit's sick, man. <laughs> it's like I don't want to know Dwight Howard is being this guy, man. It just every time I feel like everything I Every other week, there's the news that come out, Dwight Howard, it just gets worse and worse, bro. It comes out about his, his, his ex, his baby mama, accusing him of being, you know what I'm saying, some sick-ass nigga. I find out that his kids have been, you know what I'm saying, accused multiple times of fucking touching other kids. You know what I'm saying? The video comes out, he get backlash about being a parent. You know what I'm saying? The TV show he was on, he's basically getting disrespect the whole time, like, I just, there comes a point in time that is, even though as you want to support somebody so much, there comes a certain point in time to where you have to sit back and look at shit for what it is. Everybody ain't lying on you. You know what I'm saying? My mama always told me, everybody ain't lying on you. Like when I used to get in trouble in school, like in every, like the story just was increasingly, like hey, it was just a known story from everybody. I'm almost always say everybody not lying on you. And everybody's saying the same thing, everybody not lying on you. Now, if it was one last spread, okay. But everybody ain't lying on you. And Dwight Howard, bro, it's, it's, to, it's to the point where it's too much. When you got niggas suing you, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it becomes too much. When you got your baby mamas coming out, accusing you with all this wild shit, it becomes too much. When you go overseas and playing ball and then the, the president of the team that signs you come out and say he wants you to take a 95% pay cut, it becomes too much. When you can't get a job in the NBA, it becomes too much. You just won a championship and you can't get a job in the NBA. You're becoming too much of a problem. Like at this moment in time, it's time to go away. You need to pull a Carl Malone. Carl Malone got so much shit that's tied up into him, but he goes away, so it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not a problem anymore. But every time he, he show his fucking face in the light, all that shit come back up. And every time we see Dwight Howard, we gonna think of all this shit, bro. I know I am. So at this moment in time, I think Dwight Howard should truly just go away, my nigga. Go fish, go hunt like Carl Malone and all that good shit. You got enough money to where you should be good. We shouldn't have to keep... I don't want to see you on TV shows. I don't want to see highlights of you dunking on that. I don't want to see none of that. Because I'm always think of you holding niggas down, paying them down like you fucking The Undertaker, sucking they meat. Like, that's some wild-ass activity, my boy. I'm always thinking what your kids is doing to other kids. I'm always thinking what your baby mama is saying. I'm going to think of all this shit now. Just go away, bro. Just, just go the fuck away, please. <laughs> for, 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 for your legacy sake, the, the last bit of legacy you got, please, my man. Just go away, please. Moving on, man. Um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, something that I thought would never ever happen. You know. If you know Hash, then you know Hash is very family. I was very family oriented. Um, my immediate family was everything that I had. Um, if you know the story of how we moved out here, 
Um, I moved out here two weeks after I graduated high school. Um, my aunt has already lived out here. She moved here in 08. But when we moved in 2013, it was me, my mom, my little brother, my uh, my grandma had recently, she had just moved out here as well. Uh, my uncle, his wife, his um, three girls, his dog. Um, we all moved out here at the same time. Um, all lived in one house. So you had you had my uncle, his family, my mom and her, and me and my little brother, uh, my grandma, my aunt, and her husband, um, two dogs, one big ass house. And for a short period of time, it was it was amazing. You know, to have my immediate family, everybody that I truly gave a fuck about um, in one household. Every day was <laughs> a motherfucking event. Of course, that increasingly over that outgrew itself. People had to get the fuck on. Um, I had to get the fuck on to become a man. Um, and I'm happy that I did that. I was always about family. My family in St. Louis is my, is my family in St. Louis, but my family in St. Louis would tell you that I don't really talk to them. And it's not because there's beef, but I've never been truly close to that side, to the other people in my family. There's, you know, sprinkled in was I have, I have a uh, relationship with, but even those relationships are, you know what I'm saying, only so strong. You know what I mean? Um, so I always held strong on my immediate family and all our bonds. You know, something I noticed over my adult life is that I don't hear from people or see people when I'm just chilling. I'm always the person who have to make efforts to go see people and go and you know contact people. You know, the only reason why I bring this up on the podcast is because uh, my birthday is on 27. My birthday is next week, right? The last time I really had a conversation or even seen my family, other than my mom and my little brother, was last year on my birthday. And before that, it was some holiday before my birthday. And last year on my birthday, I had to get people together to see them for my birthday. And I noticed in this last year that if I'm not the person who's making the effort, I will never hear or see from these people in my life. And I accepted that. And the reason why I accepted that is because I had a, I had um a heart issue last year around my birthday time a year ago, right? Um, and I honestly thought I was going to die. I honestly thought I was on, I was dying because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Uh, they thought I had blood clots. I thought I had blood clots. I thought I was going to die, right? And none of them even checked up on me. They never even came to my apartment. I live, I've been in this apartment now for um, two years. They've only been here once. The apartment before it, they only, only been to that apartment one time. And I was there for five years. So it's like, they don't interact with me. And I've come on this podcast and I told you, I'm a black sheep on my father's side of the family. They don't communicate with me. I don't have a relationship with them. I mentioned that to say, I'm used to this shit. This shit don't break me. This shit don't do nothing. I'm used to motherfuckers acting like a hatch don't exist. I'm used to that. And I bring this up on the podcast because I know a lot of friends of the show I, I I see, I follow, I follow a lot of you guys on social media. I interact with a lot of you guys. And a lot of you guys always mention you have family issues. That family's always been a problem, some hating ass motherfucking family. Whatever the case may be, I come on this podcast to let you know, bro, you're not alone in that. 
I don't want you to pinpoint your family issues and think that there's something wrong with you. Now, sometimes motherfuckers just ain't shit. You have to identify when people don't put the effort in to understand you or get to know you or be around you. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be the person doing that all the time. You have to identify when people want just want to be around you when it's convenient for them. When I got some shit popping, that's when motherfuckers want to reach out to me and act like I oh oh I'm the motherfucker being Hollywood. No, it's fuck y'all. Because when I thought I was gonna die, I didn't hear from none of you motherfuckers. So now that I'm feeling good and feel like I'm in the best mentality, best mind state in my life. I don't want to hear from none of you motherfuckers. So I wanted to come on the podcast because I know it was it was a revelation that I made to myself within the last couple of days, where it's like I'm not family oriented no more. And I'm still big on family. I'm still big on, on the relationships I have with my mom, my little brother. But I'm not family oriented no more. That shit's overrated. Because I had to, I had to, I had to really sit down and be real with myself. I've always been the black sheep. I've always been the person that family looked at and said, "Yeah." I've always been the one wanting those bonds and those, and those relationships. It was never the other way around. It was always me calling to go over motherfuckers' houses. It was always me going driving across the city to go see motherfuckers and chill with them, doing shit I could do at my motherfucking house just because I wanted to see motherfuckers. And the moment that I stopped doing that, I haven't heard or seen these motherfuckers since. You know what I mean? I got a fucking grandma who, nigga, She'll claim every fucking little kid in the neighborhood is her grandchild and say that they look like her. She ain't never said that shit about me. And it's not about Hatch coming on here, you know what I'm saying, looking for a pity party or nothing like that. What I'm saying is I've always been the, you know what I'm saying, the black sheep, the guy on the outside. And I, and I realize that a lot of us out there have that in common. That's one thing that I noticed about me and my mom. Me and my mom both got that shit in common. She's always been the black sheep of the family, and I inherited that shit. And, and those are one of the things that I told you guys over the years that we've had a rocky relationship. But as I get older, our bond gets closer. And over the years, when I identified that as one of the things that, for a fact, is what links us together is that we are both black sheep of our family. We've both had to carry so much of our own. I gained so much more, so much more love and respect for my mom. And our bond has been inseparable, my nigga. So it's just one of those things. I'm not family-oriented no more. So that's why a lot of times motherfuckers be trying to come to me and talk to me about certain shit. Maybe you have to realize what hat you talking about. Yeah, I got mood swings and all that, but nigga, I be growing rapidly. My growth is rapid, my nigga. So if you talk to me a year or two ago, I'm not the same, nigga. I done moved on so much. I'm not the same nigga who was all about family three years ago, five years ago, team. No, fuck that. I'm all about me. I'm about taking me to the top. I ain't taking nobody else to the top. Fuck all that. When I make it, everybody get on. When I make it, I'm on, nigga. My mama's straight, my little brother's straight. Everybody else, man, I don't know if to tell you, my nigga. I, I, hey, send you some postcards. I ain't fucking with you. Because when I thought I was dying, where the fuck was you? When Hatch thought he was dying, where the fuck was you? Exactly. So, man, fuck y'all niggas, man. I ain't got shit to say about that shit. <laughs> I ain't got shit to say about that shit, man. Um, moving on before we get the fuck up out of here, B. Um, you know, as I mentioned, top of the episode, 
episode 160, man. On the grind 200, man. Although this is episode 160, we are in the second half of phase two. This is a very special episode because this is the third, the three-year anniversary, man. Uh, when this episode drops on July 23rd, this will be a three-year anniversary of the thin line between Jesus and Sandy podcast. I just want to say this, man. You know, I got my merch on today. This is the top seller. Um, I just want to say thank you. You know what I'm saying? I, we've been through so much together. And I say that because I've expressed so much in my personal life on this show. Um, on that, in times where people weren't listening, where numbers weren't sky high, where numbers weren't, you know what I'm saying, growing and things like that. Times where I feel like I was talking to myself when this shit first started. We first hit our, our dip in the audience numbers. Um, it's been a hell of a fucking grind, man. Um, I'm happy to say it's been another year of doing this. Uh, I'm happy to say I, I you know, maintain the uh, passion, the love um, to put this show out. We've updated the equipment. When you look at this episode compared to, you know, a year ago, <laughs> it, 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 it fails in comparison. You know what I'm saying? I think I looked at um, one episode, I think it was either two years ago, and it was uh, Basketball Guys Don't Like Ugly. That episode was about Chris Paul not winning the fucking ring or Giannis winning the championship and shit like that. So I see these memories popping up about the show, and I just smile at it, bro, because there's been so much content over the years. And when I go back and listen to those memories, just like thinking about the episode from two years ago, a year ago, it's so much growth, you know what I'm saying? And not even just um, the quality of the show, but just the growth in the man behind the mic, the man that's on camera. Um, a totally different man, totally different man. I'm so happy to say that you guys have changed me a lot. You guys have been a part of this journey. You guys have witnessed this journey. You know, it's a lot of this shit I be doing on my own and in private and feeling like nobody gives a fuck about me. And, you know what I'm saying? Slumped over in the corner thinking I'm a loner and shit like that. Well, at the end of the day, I still got you guys. And the day I realized that I had you guys, then my life changed dramatically, man. So um, three years in. You know what I'm saying? Three years to infinity type shit. Shout out to Quavo. Infinity links type shit. Um, who knows what will be next year? Who knows what will be at the five-year mark, the 10-year mark, the 15-year mark? Who fucking knows, man? We we What we doing right now at the third, the three-year mark, if, I, if you would have told me we was doing that shit last year at this time, I would have said you fucking crazy. If you had told me a year ago that at this moment in time, a year later, I will be racking in over a thousand streams every 30 days. You know what I'm saying? The average episode to get over 130 views. You know what I'm saying? If you would have told me that, I would, I would have said you fucking lying. But then I then again I would have said, nah, that sound about right. <laughs> nah, I'm just happy, man. I'm blessed. I'm fortunate and grateful. Um, thankful for all you guys, man. Three year and three years in. Um and we not stopping for a motherfucking me soul, man. The grind don't stop, man. After we after we complete 200, you are we on the grind of 300, on the grind of 400, on the grind of 500. This shit don't stop for a motherfucking soul, man. Tap in and get your fucking merch, man. Website should be coming up very motherfucking me soon. In the meantime, hit your boy up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, threads, wherever the fuck you find that boy at OG Hatch, man. Tap in if you're interested. $35 a shirt, men's and women's. Tap in with your boy, man. I got all flavors. <laughs> um, but with that being said, um, I think we hit all motherfucking me topics. Let's just run through the docket right fast. We got YNW Melly being granted a mistrial. Jamie Foxx speaking. Kodak Black linking up with 6ix9ine. 
Dwight Howard on some nasty ass shit. The three year anniversary, me becoming not so family oriented. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all we motherfucking me got, man. Um, but with that being said, DJ, drop that fire ass beat, my boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know I give it up on this side, man. It's all love these ways. Never let them sidetrack you with the bullshit. Always keep the pain, 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 pain. Stay safe, stay sharp, stay sane. And I'll try this episode. We out this motherfucker. Peace. Hey, man. Great episode. Episode 160, man. On the ground of two motherfucking me, honey. Um, great ass episode, if I do say so myself. Uh, I'm just very happy, man, at the space we in right now at the show. You know, so we really, we really growing at a, at a, at a nice, consistent rate right now. Um, I'm just, I'm very interested to see what we're going to do to finish out the year. Um, I'm just happy with what we got right now, man. Just very happy. Um, I got people. <laughs> Happy about the merch they receiving in the mail, putting it on, sending me pictures, making videos. It's just a great fucking space, man. It's a great time to be OG Hatch, man. I'm be honest with you. Um, birthday coming up. I'm gonna try to put out an episode on my birthday. Um, my birthday is on a Thursday. The day of the episode comes out, so I probably will just record on Wednesday. Um, you know, so record Wednesday night as usual. Put the episode out on my birthday. Um, I may not give you guys a Saturday recording just because. Uh, now it require me to record on Friday, and Friday is very, very busy. I plan on going bowling with the family, going to get a haircut, all types of shit. <laughs> I plan on enjoying my Friday night, and Saturday I can't record just because um, I plan on going out of town for a little bit. So I'm very, very booked and busy. <laughs> booked and busy, head ass. But no, my birthday um, is next Thursday. I will be. Uh, my plan is to give you guys an episode for my birthday um just because who who will try to miss that 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 only lines up you know what i'm saying every once in a while so um, i'll try to give you guys a birthday episode for your boy episode 161 then take a little week off um come back that following when um wednesday episode record and we back to motherfucking me i regularly schedule program um but with that being said However the fuck I do it, we know it's gonna be great content coming your way. Either motherfucking me way. Episode 160, great episode. Thin line between genius and insanity, hosted by yours truly. Oh gee. <laughs> Hash, you know the fuck it is, man. Quit playing with your motherfucking boy. Peace. Welcome to Raw is OG. Hash, man, you know the fuck it is, man. Quit playing with me, man. <laughs> You dig? Alright, 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 alright. We in this bitch, man. This is episode 162 type shit. I'm back type shit. <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you, man. There's a whole lot of shit I want to get into, man. Let's go and get right into it. Yeah, sir. What's poppin' with y'all? Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the thin line between genius and insanity podcast hosted by yours truly oh hash man i spin that block for them hating ass niggas in the back man i ain't gonna lie to you this is the first episode i'm recording as a 28 year old man you know and i want to be a little bit more mature this time around so you know i'm gonna say um you know for all 
them bitch ass niggas in the back. <laughs> them hating ass niggas in the back. <laughs> and all the big booty bad bitches, please come to the front and always let them know your boy is. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches, nigga. For the bitches, nigga. Flyest, highest, coolest, smoothest motherfucking host of them all. Oh, gee. Hash, you know the fuck it is, man. What's up with y'all, man? Hope you out there looking good, feeling good, staying safe. It's a whole lot of shit going on. I'm treasure meditation each and every episode. Was a shout out to everybody around the world that's tapped in, joined the conversation. Man. I truly appreciate all the love and motherfucking me support, man. Let's keep this empire going, break by motherfucking break. Um, once a shout out to everybody that's tapped in, you know what I'm saying? On all the DSP, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anger, Audible, et cetera, et cetera. Reporting up like Curry in that bitch. For the people on YouTube at OG TV, for people on Rumble, whatever the fuck you supporting the podcast at, man, I truly appreciate all the love and support. Also, I want to Shout out to everybody that tapped in. Told your boy happy birthday, man. Round of applause for all the friends that showed that deal. Humble, man. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Everybody calm down. Everybody be quiet. <laughs> I'm a little rusty, man. I ain't been on the motherfucking soundboard in a minute, man. <laughs> um, on my birthday, man, I feel like a little Instagram thought, but I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> Everybody coming out the woodworks made me feel so fucking good. <laughs> I mean, it was a very interesting birthday year, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, didn't really celebrate with the family how I usually do. Um, it was a little bit weird. Um, things typically never plan out, pan out on my birthday how I want them to. Um, and this year I was kind of fed up. Um, but this year it was I was able to be accompanied by someone who was very, um, let's just say, is cool at the moment. <laughs> Someone was very cool at the moment. Someone I have a very uh, good relationship with. Um, we went out to Sedona, Arizona for the, my first time. Um, I've been out here in Arizona since, what, 2013, technically. Um, actually living here since 2014 after I came back from the West. Um, and I've never been to Sedona. Always heard about Sedona. Always heard about Flagstaff and shit like that. I've never been up to these places. I went up to Sedona. Had a time in my life, man. Um, sightseeing, seeing these mountains, seeing the sun, uh, the sunset. Um, just being in that environment, you know. So niggas be forgetting, bro. I'm from St. Louis. I was raised in St. Louis, Missouri, bro. And St. Louis ain't shit there. I'm being ain't shit there in St. Louis. Like ain't shit in St. Louis. And I ain't even trying shit on it. Like ain't shit in St. Louis. Niggas that's in St. Louis that love St. Louis to its core. No, ain't shit in St. Louis. When I say I miss St. Louis, I'm just talking about the people type shit, the atmosphere, the energy type shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, so me coming from St. Louis, you know what I'm saying? I told you about how I felt when I was in Mexico, when I was in Jamaica, when I was on them cruises and shit like that. Um, just seeing things that I never really thought about seeing. Um, it was kind of the same thing in Sedona, bro. Seeing those sunsets and, you know, going through going through those little trails and going through those pathways and shit. You know what I'm saying? Getting some head on, on the mountain, looking up at the stars. Like, man, I had a time. Wow. <laughs> I had a time, <laughs> but also, you know what I'm saying? Just taking it all in, you know what I'm saying? Being the moment we went to a place called the Vortex, um, where, you know, you go and time kind of, you know what I'm saying? Goes still, you know what I'm saying? It's the, it's the energy of that area. Um, and you're, you're supposed to go there and meditate and things of that nature. If you follow me on social media, um, that's like the last picture, I believe, the, the two last pictures from the Vortex. It was that uh, just to clear my mind type shit, man. It's a lot of shit going on behind the fucking scenes, bro. Um, Although I had a great time in Sedona, celebrating my 28th birthday. Once again, shout out to everybody that tapped in. Um, it's a lot going on, man. I wanted to record an episode for you guys to drop it on my birthday. Um, couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't record the Saturday the episode either because 
had technical difficulties, bro. I'm still having technical difficulties, but my laptop is crashing on me. I don't know what the fuck's going on, bro. I'm. It's been a rough, rough day. I'm also while out in Sedona, I messed up my toe. I'm actually injured right now, uh, recording this podcast. Um, I thought I broke my big toe, bro. Drinking, having on flip flops, walking over rocks and shit to get to a lake. Um, some more sightseeing shit, trying to be like the white folks. <laughs> um, fucked up, man. A rock shifted on me. I think I started stumbling, keeping my balance. Should have just failed, but keeping my balance. And I'm smacking my big toe on like six different fucking rocks. Nigga, I thought my shit was broke, but what it did is it pulled my nail up. So my big, my toenail is up. My toe is infected, bro. I'm on antibiotics. This shit hurt, bro. My shit blistering up, bro. It's a whole lot of shit, bro. Last night, my fucking dog got into a fight with a cat on my patio. My weird ass neighbor, she fucking feeding stray cats, bro. It's a whole lot of shit going on in my life right now that got me pulled in all lot in a lot of different directions man um so i wanted to make sure i came here and recorded for you guys but i've been trying to get this episode out for at least four hours now so i just want to keep going <laughs> before this shit crashes on me man give you guys a great content y'all accustomed to um the whole lot shit on the motherfucking me document episode 162 on the ground 200 this shit won't stop for a motherfucking me so um you know I've always noticed as a black man, as African-American, not even just a black man, as African-American, that our influence is our influence on people's lives as African-Americans is stolen from us. People always talk about culture vultures and things like that. Cool. But I never want to get into the point to where I, I look at it in the negative. Always look at it in the positive thing about how dope we are as a people that we inspire and change and we can influence other motherfucking me cultures of people. But I always get mad at the point where I don't, when I see black people who don't understand their value. And sometimes I don't understand my value, bro. I do this fucking podcast. You'll be trying to come on here and, you know, to promote their shit. And I'm like, man, hold on, man. I don't really know if my shit doing enough to even where to benefit you enough to do that. But clearly they see that they clearly see it in me that it will benefit them. But sometimes I stop myself from certain bags that way because I don't see my true, you know what I'm saying, value at all times. And a lot of times when it comes to us as a culture, bro, we don't really see it. And the reason why I bring it up is because we have a large influence on people. We always just stick to music, right? It ain't even about music. People always talk about the music, the hairstyles, and, you know, the face tats and shit like that. Okay, that's the surface thing. But have you ever just peeped the shit that we like becomes popular? Have you ever just peeped that? The shit that we like becomes popular. The things that we choose to do are some of some of our biggest names are our biggest influencers. The things that they choose to do become a new it thing. You know, it was a few weeks ago. What was it like a two, three, maybe, yeah, maybe three weeks ago when Drake went on that Bobby Althoff Girls podcast? Now, before I even get into this, I want to say this. This is no hate. I don't know Bobby Altoff. They say she comes from TikTok. I be on TikTok. Never seen her before. The first time I seen her is like a week or two before the Drake shit when she was doing something with Funny Marco. And she was kind of doing Funny Marco to Funny Marco. And I kind of thought that was the joke of it. But when Drake goes on Bobby, I think it's pronounced Bobby Altoff. He goes on Bobby Altoff's um, show in the bed with the glass of, you know what I'm saying, mimosa and shit like that. I remember seeing the, the YouTube, you know what I'm saying, I was tracking it, my nigga. Not even on, on purpose type shit. Like, it was just something that kept coming up on my, like, recommended. 
Like, even if I had already like watched it type shit, that motherfucker was doing seven million views in like four days. I don't even want to check it right now because it's probably way past that. But I remember it was at a point where it did seven million views in four days. And I had never heard of this girl. Never heard of this fucking girl. Then later you see her and you know, in Lil Yachty. Now one would think, okay, Lil Yachty and Drake is pretty cool. It would make sense that he does it now. Lil Yachty would do it. But then you would still understand where Lil Yachty stands in the culture right now. Lil Yachty is, is, has made his own lane to be someone who's very respected in the music industry. So then once you also see that in Drake, and then you see people coming up with this saying that she's an industry plant. This is the first industry plant in podcasting. I totally agree. But what we have to understand is this ties back to what is the nigga Elliot? That the nigga Elliot um, who was saying that Drake doesn't go on black, you know what I'm saying, platforms and things like that. I really don't even want to get that to Elliot Wilson because academics said that shit months ago. But it really picked up news like a few weeks back when Elliot Wilson said that about Drake. How these dudes, him, Kendrick Lamar, and, and J. Cole don't go on these black platforms that help bring them to the to the fucking forefront. They only go and do uh, interviews with fucking J. Cole to the interview with Bob Myers, my nigga. Like, wow. Bob Myers, my nigga. That's who you get your interview with? You didn't do it with academics, Charlemagne, million dollars worth of game, you know, some Joe Bud. You ain't do it with none of the niggas that we. That we look at for our news. You want to go talk to Bob fucking Myers. Okay. When you see Kendrick Lamar do an interview, it's like with the Rolling Stones or some shit. Now when you see Drake do interviews, it's with who? Some fucking white girl named Bobby Altar. And people don't understand that. Black people don't understand that their influence, we don't value that. We value white people's influence much more than we value ours. And the reason why I say that is because you have to understand why Drake and Lil Yachty's going to go talk to Bobby Altoff and not going to go talk to Joe Budden, Charlemagne, um, you know, DJ Academics and Elliot Wilson. They don't need them niggas. Them niggas' audience don't really move the needle for them. You have to understand who Drake is trying to tap into. Tap into. He's not trying to tap into niggas like me, Paul. He's not trying to tap into, you know, even the younger versions of me. Drake is trying to tap into that market where the bad bunnies and shit is at. That's Taylor Swift's and shit is at. That, that, that feminine gender fluid era of niggas. Drake and Lil Yachty, the fingernail paint niggas, they trying to tap into that era of nigga. That era of nigga won't, won't come from the hip-hop platforms. You're not going to get the ears of them niggas talking to Joe Budden, Charlamagne, the God, DJ Academics, Rap Radar. You get that million dollars worth of game. You're not going to get that audience. Where do you get that audience? The TikTok girl. That's where you get that audience. Go talk to fucking Bobby Altoff. Do that weird ass shit. Drake as a damn near 40 year old man laying in the bed with a fucking mimosa with your finger paint nails talking to some fucking young white girl saying, yeah, you'd hit. Wow. That's how you get to that audience. But as the black man who's going over to speak to that girl, they're not valuing their influence because now what do I see? All I see is people who look like me, think like me, talk like me, talking about how fucking funny Bobby Altoff is. You're putting this woman on. Is she if, 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 is she the first industry planning podcasting? Maybe so. This bitch came out of nowhere. Oh, my bad. The bitch came out of nowhere and did seven million views in four days. That's fucking crazy. 
You have to salute it, but damn, that's fucking crazy. But then also, it goes over to products. You know, this was something I want to talk about on the podcast for months, but I just never, I think I just kept skipping it. I think I tweeted about it one time. Maybe I did talk about it on the show, but I don't know. I think I talked about it when Diddy was talking about, you know what I'm saying, niggas not supporting his, uh, what's this shit called? What's this shit called? Deleon or some Deleon or some shit like that. Start with a D. Sorry, Puffy. I, I, I ain't never drunk shit. And niggas wasn't pumping that, but niggas was pumping Casamigos. And if you notice, Casamigos came out of nowhere. Casamigos really became popular because of hip-hop. And I don't even think at the time when Casamigos became popular, niggas knew that was George Clooney shit. I didn't know that was George Clooney shit until way later. Until I really tasted Casamigos and was like, that's overrated as fuck. I think the news about George Clooney owning that shit didn't become straight general public information until like right before uh, Casamigos was sold for. He sold it for like a lot of money. That's the only time I have. That's the only time I have found out that George Clooney was part of that shit. And at one point, it's like, damn, y'all niggas really blew up George Clooney's fucking tequila. But niggas don't fuck with Dwayne uh, the Rock tequila. Terra Mania is way better than fucking Casamigos. It's gluten free. The shit goes down way smoother. The shit really tastes like fucking water. I just had, um, when I was in Sedona, where did I have? 818. I had Kendall Jenner shit. Now, granted, I ain't finna sit and say, go pump up Kendall Jenner shit over Dwayne and Rock Johnson shit, over Kevin Hart shit, over Diddy shit. But Kendall Jenner shit is fire. Her shit gluten-free, too. At this point in my life, bro, I'm, I'm telling everybody, bro, if you're going to drink, I ain't going to lie to you. It's dangerous because you may drink the whole bottle, but drink some fucking gluten-free tequila and see how good that shit tastes. You can drink a shot of water and not even taste shit after everything. But I noticed that with George Clooney, and I was always thinking to myself, you know what I would hope that we would blow up like we did George Clooney's tequila? I would hope that we blow up Buns B's Trail Burger. And it's something that you have to love to see. Now, I don't know if it's because you see Bun B really pelling, like hustling this shit. Like, I don't know if y'all noticing this shit, but Bun B really treating this, this burger shit like he's slinging mixtapes out of fucking trunks. Everywhere I look, Bun B got a tray full of fucking burgers at Rolling Louds, festivals, all that shit. He got all these rapper shit popping up to his place. And he giving their ass a burger. He going to studios, giving niggas burgers, putting their ass on Instagram, and promoting the fuck out these burgers. To the point, nigga, I want a fucking trail burger, my nigga. He needs to come to AZ and give me a trail burger. <laughs> Bun, give me a trail burger. <laughs> but in all seriousness, when I seen the video of Bun being in the club and I seen James Harden when I'm on Instagram, James Hard taking seven burgers. I'm seeing everybody snatching the burgers. I'm seeing everybody eating the burgers and saying how good they are and shit like that. Now, let me, let's not get it twisted. I'm a burger eating nigga. Do I think that those look, look the best? I don't know. They look like some homemade fucking burgers. And maybe that's the fucking thing. Maybe I always thought homemade burgers tasted better than fucking, you know what I'm saying? And out, you know, it's out to eat burgers. Especially when my mama made the shits. So Bun B probably got that home style burger for you up for, for you niggas. But I want niggas to blow Bun B shit up as big as we blew George Clooney shit up. Because at, the, at a certain point in time, we have to understand our influence. We have to understand our impact on the numbers. Because we support everybody. We support these white people shit way more than we support our own. We all know the whole situation about black-owned businesses. Niggas always complain about black-owned businesses 
charging a lot of money. Do you know how much you niggas buy? How much you niggas uh uh spend for uh for um for purple for, for, for that god for that god of that fear god shit? Bro, if you go on that website, bro, them fucking shirts is like four hundred dollars. But you niggas be complaining going to a all black uh all black owned business that sell that's selling fucking meat tenders and fries for fifteen dollars. You niggas complaining about that? Wow. Now I get it, fifteen dollars for tenders and fries. I, I, they better be bottomless fries, bitch. But at the same damn time, you niggas is still getting hella fresh on designer that ain't that's owned by these white folks. You niggas blue George Clooney shit the fuck up, but Dilly still, but Diddy complaining. But 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 Dwayne and Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart and all they shit ain't getting a fucking taste test. But you niggas was gulping Casamigos down. What did you see? Uh, John Moran in the club pouring down his fucking his throat. Casamigos. What is that video of Lil Uzi pouring down his throat? Casamigos. What's in every rap song? Casa fucking Migos. You think George Clooney paid these niggas to say Casamigos? It's free promotion. So why don't you niggas get free promotion to Button B? Let's get that pop. I love I love that the direction is going, but I'm I'm still seeing Button B having to do way more work than George Clooney fucking did. George Clooney just sat the fuck back. I'm literally seeing Button B out here on the streets peddling fucking burgers. We got to get that man. We got to get that man up there. But we got to get that man shit yanking like y'all did George Clooney. George Clooney, Casamigo. I want to see they six month. You know, they, they, I want to stay quarterlies for 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 two years. I want to see Casamigos quarterlies for two years, my nigga, because I'm pretty sure it, it was dead, 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 dead spike. That shit came out of nowhere, my nigga, in a short fucking period of time. And it's kind of the same thing when I, I know it's about what's the movie, the Barbie movie that came out. I've been out for a little minute, so I'm touching on all types of shit, bro. So if it's, this shit is, if you think these tops a little bit, you know what I mean? Niggas, do niggas, do niggas understand what, what was going on with that Barbie movie? I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Now, granted, I understand that Barbie dolls for young girls is everything. It's everything. I get it. Barbie dolls for young girls are everything. Everything like how wrestling figures were everything for young boys, action figures, whatever, whatever route you want to take. But when the Barbie movie came out, did you see how many black girls and black women was running to the theaters and you know saying they pink and all that shit, you know, supporting the fuck out of this movie? Did you see that? Did you see the numbers that the Barbie, you know what I'm saying, brought in for first week sales and all that good shit? Out the fucking roof. Now, granted, it's Barbie. You expect that. But I never would expect that amount of black people to support a white movie. I was wondering, that movie was why I, I didn't watch it. I'd be damned if I even give it a, a chance. But to see how we supported the fuck out of the Barbie movie, the Barbie movie. But think about how every other time a Jordan Peele movie come out, every every Jordan Peele movie after motherfucking me. Um, I don't, I can't even think of the first one. Uh, the first one you are you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Every Jordan Peele movie after the first one gets criticized heavily. The support the support drops. But Barbie comes out, 
Ryan fucking Goslin, a fucking white, what is it, the music, these niggas singing and shit? Hey, they doing the bop, bop, buying that motherfucker, and you niggas ran to support that? Let's support Trill Burgers how y'all support the fucking Barbie movie and Casamigos, man. Can we please? <laughs> please, is that too much to fucking ask, man? <laughs> Real motherfucking me talk, man. Um, moving on. You know, we're 162 episodes into this journey, man. I've always been very pride, very prideful and um being able to come on this podcast and share my story and be able to impact others and things like that. We've reached so many countries at this point in time. We've had thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of streams and downloads uh, near in that 15K range. Um, you know, <laughs> as much as pride as I take in that, I don't, I still understand that not everyone should do it. Because I've been there to where my trauma has been weaponized against me. And it took me a long time to understand that some people just assholes. Some people look for weaknesses in people. It took me a long time to understand. I'm be honest with you. It took me a long time to get over that fact. And the, mo and the moment I did, I was very, 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 very proud of myself. I'll be honest with you. Um, You know, I came across a clip. And it was very disturbing. I'm not going to lie to you. When I play it, it may bring out the, the, the giggles and shit like that from a lot of you. Um, I'm, I won't judge you from that. I'll be honest with you because some of this shit be funny. But sometimes you got to really sit back and, and, and pee about what's really being said and the damage that's really being done. You know, I want to play this clip for y'all real fast and I'm going to give y'all my input. Let's go and get the pop. That's real love, bro. You trying to hug her and shit. Huh. What the you don't know what she's doing to me, bro. She just ain't probably getting get talking about me get raped and call tell me I'm just throwing a slip in my face, bro. You got raped, bro. Yeah, I got raped, bro. You you that's real love, bro. Keep keep trying, bro. For real. She fucking throw a slip in my face, bro. That shit hurts, bro. That's, that's crazy, bro. You don't sit there and tell somebody you go go get raped in goddamn jail after I just got raped. You got raped in jail? No, I didn't get raped in jail. I got raped while I was asleep. Recently? Yeah, bro. By who, bro? Daniel Winley. <laughs> By who, bro? <laughs> if you understand what was being said in that video, a young man was saying that his girlfriend had said to him, Go get raped in jail after he had recently disclosed to her that he was recently raped. He was raped in his sleep. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that every man goes through situations where he's been raped because that's a bit extreme. Wow. But I do say every man goes through things, and this is one of their biggest fears. Weaponizing a man's trauma is fucking wild. Because people always want to say, why do men not open up? Why do men keep things inside? This is why. This is why. Because no man ever wants to be viewed as less than soft, weak. No man ever wants to be viewed as that. No man ever wants to be viewed as that. And to avoid being looked at in those ways, you try um, men try to bottle up anything that can be viewed as weak. Anything that could have been... Any weak moment in their life, 
anytime they've been viewed can be possibly viewed as a victim. Anything that makes them look less than alpha or superior in their mind, they want to keep that in, not, not let that out to the public. It's, 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 it's levels more than embarrassing. You know what I mean? So if a man comes out and tells you, yo, I, I was raped, that's that took a lot for that man to come out and say, I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine for a woman to say, nigga, that, go get raped in jail, nigga. That's tough as fuck. And in the moment, a lot of us will hear that video and laugh and hear the nigga asking the questions back to him, like, who the fuck is Daniel Lilly? We will, we will hear that and laugh. But the true victim is that man who confided in someone he loved and trusted and cared about who weaponized his trauma. And I bring it up on the podcast. I want to ask all the friends of the show. Has your trauma ever been weaponized against you? Have you ever experienced Have you ever came across a motherfucker who just wasn't shit to a point that they would weaponize your trauma? Well, honestly, a lot of, a lot of us... I don't, I don't know if you would look at that as a form of gaslight. I don't know how you would view that. But I've had I've had it done to me. To see it, to see it in 4K, this shit is wild. This shit hit a different chord. I ain't going to lie to you. That hit different. <laughs> that hit a bit different. And it truly is sad, man. It truly is sad that I didn't have to go through that. Um, but weapon, weaponizing someone's trauma is, is wild as fuck. And it goes both ways. Typically, we see it with men doing it to, to women, pimps, doing it to hoes and stuff like that. Weaponizing someone's trauma is crazy. I was just re-watching Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm be honest with you. Love and Hip Hop Atlanta is one of the greatest shows to ever grace the television screen. But I just went back and re-watched all of Love and Hip Hop. And early on in those seasons, you will hear a lot of Stevie J talking to Jocelyn, saying he would send her back to the strip club. I gave you this life. I changed your life weaponizing her trauma. If you don't know the story of, of Jocelyn Hernandez, Jocelyn Hernandez came out and said she was raped as a child. Didn't have a relationship with her mother. Didn't have a relationship with her, with her father. Became a stripper. Taking care of herself early on at like 12 or 13 or something like that. So when you see the way Jocelyn acts, that falls in line to the niggas I know who had similar backgrounds and what they do in their regular everyday life. They some fuck-ups. She just happened to make it type shit. So you've seen a lot of Stevie J early on weaponizing her trauma against her. You see a lot of it with pimps and nose. You see a lot of it with, you know what I'm saying, in a lot of different situations. I don't want to call anybody else out, but you see in those situations. One thing I will say about Stevie J, he was absolutely right. Jocelyn Hernandez is a fucking star, bro. We, what, 10, 12, 13 years later, she got her own show popping on Zeus. I ain't going to lie to you. Without Jocelyn's cabaret, Zeus is pretty ass. I ain't going to lie to you. He was right. She's a fucking star. She's a she's an international sensation. But the fact is, trauma was weaponized against that young woman. So it is wild to see when you see motherfuckers do that, bro. It truly motherfucking is. Um, moving on. Let's go ahead and get into it, man. A topic I've been dreading. <laughs> now I, I didn't see the fight itself. Um, like I told you, I was out in Sedona. I missed. I've been missing some some crazy fights, but if you know Hashley, you know that's not me. Um, I've truly just been occupied, spending my time with motherfuckers, having fun, and um, trying to choose happiness, right? Um, and just getting out the house more, trying to show my face and shit like that. So I, I've missed a lot of fights, bro. I've missed the last two big UFC pay-per-views. 
Um, and obviously, I missed the fight that I've been talking about for three damn years now. Uh, Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Man, I fell down to my knees when the law came. Damn. Look, man. I've been on record, you know what I'm saying, saying I was a fan of both Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr., but I'm an Errol Spence Jr. guy. I just was enamored by the way he fought, you know what I'm saying, Big, just punching through niggas' guards, body shot, body shot, real fundamentally sound, you know what I'm saying? Um, and Terrence Crawford, we all knew was a headhunter. Once he see you hurt, you pretty much eye there type shit. He get the, he get the, he get the, he get to open his mouth type shit. Next thing you know, niggas is on the pavement. He beat the fuck out of Earl Spence Jr., man. Wow. Like he really beat the fuck out of Errol Spence Jr. Wow. He dropped Errol Spence three times. Wow. And the Errol Spence face it like Martin. Wow. All time he hit man hurts. Wow. Watch the episode later. Wow. He beat that man ass, bro. I saw the 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 the, the footage on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? I'm seeing the, the replays. I'm seeing the clips. I'm not gonna lie, bro. That fight hit different because nobody expected that. Even if you thought Earl Spence was gonna lose, even if you thought Bud Crawford was gonna lose, nobody would ever sit here and say a nigga was just gonna get dog walking that fight. Vegas didn't say it. Niggas ain't said that shit for years. When niggas was hyping his fights up in the barbershops and through text, yeah, niggas would probably said nigga, uh, but when. But everybody was acknowledging that these this was a close fight. Everybody expected a toe-to-toe blow-to-blow war in the middle of the ring. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to make excuses, bro, because I'm not that type of nigga. I've never been one to make excuses. When niggas lose, niggas lose. And that Earl Spence lost. He got his ass whooped. I love the way he handled this shit in defeat. I love the way he's carrying on about this shit. He's handling the same way he handled winning. He was a humble winner. He's a humble loser. And I love it about Errol Spence Jr. But something didn't look right about Errol Spence leading up to this fight, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. It, it didn't look right. And I look, it just didn't fucking look right. I'm seeing the, the footage of him walking. When he arrived to the arena, he looked high as fuck. Maybe he was high as fuck. Maybe. I, I'm not trying to say the whole dehydration shit because he always had to drop down to 147. Lately, he's been talking about how he's been uh, having great weight cuts and stuff like that. Something fell off about Earl Spence Jr. Now, I'm seeing, I'm getting videos and clips about, you know what I'm saying, how uh, after the second round, I think it was the second knockdown or something like that, whenever he got knocked down at the end of the round, um, they say right before the round came out, another a doctor came in and did a neurological check on Earl Spence Jr. And they say a lot, and people were going on to him how that's going over a lot of motherfuckers' heads because when have you ever seen that? In moments, you may just think the doctor checking on a nigga, but you've never seen him do a neurological check. And a lot of people were saying Errol Spence Jr. came into the fight with the pre-existing injury. The only reason why I give credence to that is because there was a video that, that was circulating about Errol Spence um, on his media day 
leading up to the fight. You know what I'm saying? When they go to the open gym, eating their training with, with his trainer and shit like that, doing his little, you know what I'm saying, little workouts and shit like that. He was getting caught by his trainer. Like, we've never seen, like, Earl, I don't give a fuck what you say of you. If you thought Terrence Crawford was going to win that fight, you're not going to sit here and say Earl Spence was a fluke. He was a bitch-ass nigga. Earl Spence is a, is a true fucking dog. He had those three belts for a reason, my nigga. It was the reason this fight was what it was. It wasn't because Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford, yeah, but Earl Spence was the nigga, was the big fish. He was the A side of the fight. As big as much as we love Terrence Crawford, his opponents and shit like that, he need, you know what I'm saying, uh, worthy adversaries to, to build his case to become one of the greatest of all time. And that fight with Earl Spence is helping solidify that, but he still need more. Earl Spence went in that fight. Earl Spence ain't got to fight no more niggas. He already tapped everybody else's ass on PBC. So it don't matter how you think of Earl, you're not going to tell me that Earl looked like the Earl we, we accustomed to seeing. I'm not going to blame it on that accident because he fought, what, three other fights after that accident and looked damn good. Ugas, um, uh, 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 Garcia, and I believe it was probably one other person, if I'm not mistaken. But we not, I'm not going to sit here and say that about Errol Spencer was the accident or anything else. What I will say is he looked a little bit off. I'm seeing reports that he has a neurological disorder now. Um, I've seen reports that he came into the fight with that shit. And that would explain why everybody's saying this nigga looked high as fuck. That's why everybody saying this nigga looked off coming into the fight. A lot of people saying nigga had neurological disorder coming into the fight, bro. When you see a nigga get hit and he start bleeding and shit like that, that early on in the fight, something's off. Bro. That, that's not normal shit. We not going to sit there and say Terrence Crawford just hit that. He don't hit that fucking hard. Or a nigga start bleeding in his face like that. You don't even know where the fuck he bleeding from. I don't know, B. <laughs> But that shit hurt my that shit hurt my soul, man. To see my boy get beat like that, um, I do want to see the rematch, um, just because he deserves that rematch. If he wants that rematch, I want to see him get it. It's not a fight I'm clamoring for, but if he wants that rematch, the same way them niggas gave Deontay Wilder ass three times to beat the, to to uh, fight Tyson Fury, you can give Earl Spence Jr. a motherfucking rematch. If it's at 154, I think that'd be a little bit better. Um, just because he don't have to cut as much weight. But I will also say don't do it in December. I will try to fight that rematch next year. Get Terrence Crawford ass a little bit older, man, and 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 uh try to take advantage that way because as of right now, he's still fast as fuck. He, he seems to be the stronger fighter, which I still don't understand how. Because Earl that that didn't look like Earl, so maybe that's why he was a stronger fighter that night. But that just didn't look like the truth that, I, that I'm accustomed to seeing, real talk. Um, but shout out to Terrence Crawford. Like, so I'm, I like Terrence Crawford. I'm a fan of Terrence Crawford. Um, I just had him 1B. I had them both, in, you know, 1A, 1B. I just had Terrence Crawford 1B just off preference type shit. It was never against, you know, style or anything like that. This was all just a preference fight. You know what I'm saying? Me and my homeboys making best type shit. That's all it truly was. But shout out to Terrence Bud Crawford. Um, niggas is saying crazy shit like he would have beat Mayweather now. Like, he's, he's, he's earned the right to be in these conversations of putting on probably the greatest performance of his career this past uh, Saturday night. Man. So shout out to Terrence Bud Crawford. Um, moving on. You know, I want to get into this. 
I came across this clip from Angela Yee's uh, new radio show I did. I mean, she does with, uh, I think she did with Offset. And Offset was speaking about why men cheat and why he cheated. Before I play this clip, I want to say this. I have no idea. You know what? Fuck it. Let's play the clip first. I, don't, I, I, just, I, I just have no idea why women do this. You can't ask a nigga who ain't shit. <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. I just got a wild ass text. Uh, okay, never mind. I can say it later. Uh, I never understand why women do this. Let me, let me see. Here you go. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Fuck is that? <laughs> I think you could cheat on somebody and still be in love. For sure. Okay. So I want to ask you this as a man. As a man. That, that women want to know why do men cheat? Like, um, what was for yourself? I can't, what was, I can't personally speak on why men cheat, but, but like, for you, like, when I did do that, like, I was in a different space. I was young, I had just got married. I'm getting a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Really, it was communication. We got married, and then we ain't really, yeah. our communication was good, but it wasn't like I wasn't saying my wants and needs and what I, and, and, and vice versa. <laughs> so it was like, sometimes you feel like you'll bump heads when you're not communicating because it's like it's hidden gems. We both in the front center stage. We both all on all our business is always public. The communication what it was, I was drunk. I was on different shit. Like I, I was on lean and shit too. Like I even talked about that in my variety magazine act, shit. Like act, I was on lean. I was making bad decisions not really realizing it's in my family instead of just me thinking about my own. Like mm-hmm. and so but then when I grow past that, all my growth why you think she loved me how she loved me? Like, yeah, my growth, I didn't show. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a real one. Like, I'm not going to yeah. do this. I ain't going to play with you. I'm play with you. And then, because it's affecting you, and it's, it's heartbreaking wrong. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, look, I fuck with Offset. I stand with Offset. Offset did the right motherfucking me thing. One, he blamed it on communication. Two, he blamed it on his success. And three, he blamed it on the drugs. Wow. <laughs> Look, man, that's the trifecta. We weren't communicating. I'm getting too much motherfucking me money. At the end of the day, bitch, I was high as fuck. Man, I found out to my knees when the law came. Okay. Hey, man, I found out to my knees when the law came. Okay. Man, I found out to my knees. Okay, I'm sorry about that, guy. I'm rusty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty as fuck. But at the end of the day, women have to stop asking other men why do men cheat? Because all men are not cheaters. I'm be honest with you. I'm not a cheater. I don't believe in cheating because I believe karma is real. Now, have I ever been in a situation when I was talking to multiple women at one time? Absolutely. But I was never in a committed relationship, so it wasn't deemed as cheating. I don't believe in I remember I was in this relationship. I was in this, I was in a relationship with this chick, right? And the moment I started to feel like I want to fuck another chick and I want to start setting up plays to fuck the other chick, I literally just broke up with the girl I was with. Now, some of you may look at that and think that's some wild ass shit to break up with a chick just to go try to fuck with somebody else. But once I broke up with her and wanted to go fuck with somebody else, I never came back. Because I would never want someone to just cheat on me. If you feel like you want to go fuck off on somebody else, if you, whenever you feel that desire that you want to go be with somebody else and that other person caught your attention, you know, so you want to have sex with them and stuff like that, just leave me alone. I don't, I, I wouldn't even take offense to that. I will only take offense to the parts of where you keep me around and you still do that. Because at that moment in time, you think I'm a fucking goofy. 
I would take more offense to you thinking I'm a fucking goofy than you keeping it real and saying somebody else getting that pussy wet. That's that type of nigga I am. They always say treat, treat people how you want to be treated. So the moment that I seen another chick and she was getting this dick hard without even touching it, it's time to break up with you and time to migrate over there. <laughs> it's just that's just how my mind works. That's just how my fucking mind works. You can't ask Offset about a nigga, how, uh, how to think how a nigga like me thinks. Because clearly Offset don't know how to act when he get around other bitches. I've seen multiple videos of Offset fucking uh, big booty bitches in Africa when they was touring in Africa. We all seen that shit. And granted, I don't blame them. <laughs> them bitches over there stick it. But you can ask Offset how a nigga like Hatch is. So I, I, I understand women trying to seek out the answer so they can have the answer to the test type shit. But all men don't cheat. All men don't cheat. The same way you don't want to say all women are hoes, all men don't cheat. You're looking at someone, you're talking, you're listening to someone right now who doesn't believe in cheating. I've seen the pain that cheating has inflicted on my mother. I've seen the pain of cheating that, that has inflicted on the women in my family. The pain that cheating has inflicted on women in movies. Have you seen it? <laughs> Have you seen a Tyler Perry movie, nigga? <laughs> I've seen it. I don't want to be looked at as the bad guy. I don't want to be the bad guy. I just don't. As much as an asshole I am, you know what I'm saying? As much as I don't really give a fuck about other people's feelings, you know what I'm saying? I still don't want to be the bad guy. I still want there to be some scumbag ass nigga that I can look at and point the finger at too. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I don't want to be that fucking guy. So, women, you have to stop trying to figure out why all men do all men don't do that. And for y'all, and for, for offset, I mean, look, man, communication is big. I totally understand it. As a man, if I can't talk to a woman, there would never be any any part of me that will I would give them all of me to them. It would never happen. If you can't understand my thoughts, you can't understand what I'm saying, my jokes, if I gotta explain everything to you. If I can't be myself around you, if I can't, you know what I'm saying, tell you, you know what I'm saying, tell you everything in my vulnerable moments, we'll never get far. I will cheat on you. I will leave you. I I, I won't be the 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 the, the best boyfriend. It, it will never happen. Communication is everything. As much as as important as that pussy is, communication is probably higher than that. And your communication is excellent. You can have some some some, some mid-tier pussy. Hey, if the head good, you probably the one. Trust me. I've been there. <laughs> but it's just communication is everything. I haven't been rich. I haven't, I don't do hardcore drugs. I, I can't answer for those other two. But communication is every motherfucking thing, man. Uh, moving on, let's get into Lil Meech right fast. He's going viral. Look, man, I feel like I didn't talk about Lil Meech cheating a lot. <laughs> And then we talk about Lil Meech getting some head with, uh, with Selena Powell, like a McDonald's bathroom or some shit. Now videos called rain camera footage coming out of Lil Meech going to some woman's apartment. I got to be honest with you. I stand with Lil Meech. That rain camera footage only shows Lil Meech going into an apartment and leaving out roughly 15 minutes later. Now, look, I don't know how Lil Meech give it up. I don't know. Me personally, even if I was giving up on some short shit, on some quickie shit, on some oh, I nutted fast type shit, I'm gonna be honest with you. 15 minutes is still short as fuck. We gotta talk about the whole process. 
We got to talk about the whole process of going to a bitch house. How many of y'all ever just went to a bitch house and it was and it was literally out in 15 minutes? 15, usually when you go to a bitch house, they offer you some drink. You got to hug them a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Grab the ass a little bit. Yeah, I probably, you probably smoked a little bit. You probably got to roll up a little bit. Motherfucker probably took a piss. Motherfucker did a whole, a lot of shit goes down within the first five, ten minutes. Are you pulling up to a chick crib? Let's just keep it a buck. So for that nigga to leave in 15 minutes, nah, he said that was his cousin. He said that was his cousin, bro. He was helping his cousin with groceries, man. I, I believe him. Little me said it was grocery time. It was grocery time, bitch. But at the same time, I do think, I do think sometimes, bro, as men, we do get kind of carried away with the spotlight. As much as I want, as much as I'm, you know, I stand with a little meat and stuff like that. I gotta keep it real and say when niggas is moving a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Wow. There's other video footages of, of little meat at like Summer Walker's concerts and shit. She's up there singing her heart out and shit. And the video pans over to little meat and little meat's not paying attention. He's not doing none of that shit. Now, I'm not saying that that video, that little small video tells, tells the whole story. He can be a big Summer Walker fan. I don't fucking know. But what I'm saying is this. When niggas is popping, our ego and our attitude is on 10. We not humble no more. We not, you know, so we look at things a little bit different. Everything revolves around us. My advice to Lil Meech is this, bro. You got to start acting like you got some type of, you know what I'm saying, give a fuck about you, about your girl, bro. Because even if these videos are misleading, when they keep stacking up, uh, stacking up on each other, it's not even about it being true no more. It's about the public perception of your girl now. Because you have to remember that your girl is not just a normal Instagram influence or some, some shit like that. The girl's an actual pop star. She's an actual big deal. So when you out here, you getting in this video and tape, tapes being leaked to you and Selena Powell in some weird ass McDonald's bathroom. When it's tapes and ring cameras of you going in and out of some big booty bitch uh, house, even that is your cousin. When those are being released, when video surfs, if you're not pitching at her concert and, you know what I'm saying, you, when she come backstage and you're not even getting up to give her a hug, you just hand, basically shoving some flowers in her chest type shit. When all these things start to stack up, it's not a nigga like me saying you're not doing your thing as a man. I'm not, I don't give a fuck about that. It's me saying that, okay, my nigga, them fans, all them women she's out there singing to, you know what I'm saying? The other women in the industry, the same way she just called out Jada Cheese and tried to use that as some type of slight against Jada, it's going to happen to her. Niggas, people, bitches going to say they don't want to be a summer walker because of you. And then that's going to really cause the turmoil that you probably won't be able to recover from. So as niggas, bro, we have to stop getting so caught up in our own shit and understand that, bro, a lot of shit that we be doing that's little shit that we can just stop really be having the biggest impact on the women in our lives, bro. The shit that be minor to us, be fucking huge to them. You know what I'm saying? So 
Lil Meech got to get that part of his life in check. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. He truly motherfucking do. Ah, but moving on, man. Go ahead and get into it. That nigga Lil Meech don't give a fuck about Nathan. <laughs> he don't really give a fuck about nothing, bro, at this point. <laughs> um, Aaron Hernandez, brother, but let's go ahead and get into it, man. Aaron Hernandez. You know, I still to this day think about how cold Aaron Hernandez was on the football field. But at the same time, you have to think about how wild this nigga was off the football field. Like, niggas forget that at a certain point in time, he was better than Gronk. And we all understand how great Gronk, uh, Gronkowski is. But at a certain point in time, Aaron Hernandez was better than Gronkowski, my nigga. Like, my fucking toe is crazy, guys. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. It's, it's fucking crazy. I'm sorry. Um. But Aaron Hernandez's brother made fucking news. Now, I have a little brother. So this one hit me a little bit different. As a big brother, you know, you try to set examples and shit, you know what I'm saying, for the little ones and um, make sure that they follow you in the right steps. You want to, every time I ever did something like that can be viewed as negative or something like that, I actually thought about how my little brother can look at that and think it's okay to do it. But I got locked up and I was in jail for a night. My mama came to pick me up and she had my little brother with her. I was mad as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Just because I don't want to see him and see him um, looking at me at any time in my, in my lowest moments of life. And, you know, life is life. You know what I'm saying? He, although he's always been there in my lowest moments. So he's seen me, you know what I'm saying, overcome that shit. He takes the inspiration from that. But there's still certain things you just don't want him to either know, see, you know what I'm saying, or have any type of, you know what I'm saying, information about type shit, right? So when I seen this, I instantly thought about the relationship I have with me and my little brother. Aaron Hernandez, you know what I'm saying, was a wild boy, was a, was a star football player, um, was a fucking, was a fucking murderer. This nigga, was a, he, he did shit. <laughs> they got the evidence is there type shit, right? Aaron Hernandez's little brother comes out and he gets arrested. He was arrested for allegedly planning two school shootings. Um, quote says, we're taking lives if shit isn't paid up. It's been years in planning, just taking notes, names, and locations. They talked their way into this, and it's almost a point game. Mugshot, he's smiling like a motherfucker, showing down there all 32 teeth. It made me ask, it made me think about this. You know, we always talked about Aaron Hernandez having CTE. It's possibly why he did the things he did. Well, what are we going to say about his brother? I don't know if his brother played ball or not. I don't know. Maybe he did. But what are we going to say about his brother? At what point in time do we have to stop looking for excuses for why people are, are, the, way, are the way they are? Some people just are evil. Some people are just don't have any regard for human life. Some people have just, just look at things and have different outcomes of, of, of the same solutions. Some people just have it like that, bro. Some people just choose violence. Some people, you know what I'm saying, or are just, you know what I'm saying, uh, naturally softer. Some people just are, are, are impulsive. Some people just look at life as a game. You're looking, you, you planning school shootings. You planning school shootings. I'm not looking for no excuse for this nigga. I don't want to hear CTE. I don't want to hear, 
You know what I'm saying? Anything about Aaron fucking Hernandez. Don't even tell me this is Aaron Hernandez's brother. Just put this nigga out of jail cell, B. But as a big brother, is when you look at it from that point of view, man, and you understand the, the influence that you have on, 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 on another young man, that shit can be it's, it's heavy. You know what I'm saying? Like all my all my friends show who have little who have younger siblings, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know what it's like to be doing things and making decisions and you know so helping raise a motherfucker and then making decisions to try to, you know, so they can do the right thing for real. Like I, I tell people all the time, I got my degree partly because yeah, I want to prove to myself I can do it, but I also want to prove to my little brother, like, hey, you can do this shit. Because I didn't have nobody I can look at and say, I can do this shit. That's why it was so stressful for me. But for him to be able to look at me and see that nigga, you know, you know me to, to the core. You, you know me to the fucking core. You know I can be successful and do some shit. You can be successful and do some shit. You don't have to go through life without like the, the way I did. So as a big brother looking at this situation, bro, it, it, it's sad. But it makes me believe in my theory that you have to set good examples. It doesn't so I know a nigga right now. You know what I'm saying? He had him, I know him and his little brother. Big brother crashed out, little brother crashed out, not too soon now. Let me repeat that. Big brother crashed out, little brother crashed out, not too soon now. I believe in that shit. I believe I, I know for I have too many examples in my life to where I've seen older relatives crash out, especially of the same sex. A lot of times, you know what I'm saying? If, if, if big brother fuck up, little sister still can be successful. Big sister may be successful, little brother may be a fuck up. But when it's the same sex, when it's two boys, two girls, when the older one, whatever example that older one said, more than likely that younger one gonna fall in line. It ain't got to be the same, you know what I'm saying? They ain't got to be in the same career. But I'm saying if the older one's successful, the younger one usually finds a way to be successful because they, they have it. They have the blueprint. They see it. But when you see niggas that you know from to, to the core who probably just like you, when you see them crashing out, when you see them fucking up, not getting nowhere in life, you really have no motherfucking me, no hope to really do anything. You have to start trying to draw inspiration from outside your household. And we all know how hard that shit is. Drawing inspiration from inside the household is, is far easier than drawing inspiration from outside the household. Unfortunately, that's the life I had to live, and I made and I made sure that my little brother didn't have to live that fucking life. So when I look at this Aaron Hernandez story, I look at his, his little brother following down in the same situation. Probably worse, to be honest with you. Probably worse. It's, it strikes a different fucking chord with me personally. I'll just say that. Moving on, man. You know, what's the day? Uh, Wednesday, yeah. I didn't do it today because I was dealing with so much shit oh, behind the scenes. Uh, Monday, I did a moonwalk Monday where I posted, um, I believe, the episode I did with Asia, my queen. Um, Tuesday, I did a Tug It Back Tuesday where I posted the episode where I'm called Dragon Tales. And I planned on doing, you know, a way back Wednesday, of course. Um, tomorrow, I'll do a throwback Thursday. And Friday, I'll do a flashback Friday where I'm posting these episodes from my catalog that um, really stand out to me. Um, and also another way to bring eyes, you know, to some of my old content, you know what I'm saying, get those numbers back in rotation as well. 
Um, but I recently posted the Dragon Tales episode. And Dragon Tales episode, I, I reference a lot on this podcast because that's the first episode. That was like episode 14. Um, that was like my 14th episode into this journey. Um, and leading up to that episode, the podcast had started off very strong. Out the gate, I had I was getting like 80 streams, you know what I'm saying, per episode, um, which is actually fucking great. Um, episode 14 came out. Um, the content was already starting to shift into more of a uh, me being more stern with my opinions. And that episode, we talked about transgenders and the LGBTQ plus community. I got into my first riff with that. Um, it was about a man transforming, transforming himself into a dragon. And I was saying, how many people need to do this before we view this as normal? Because years ago, we looked at transgenders and, you know, in the same way. Now, out here in Phoenix, I'll tell you, this shit's kind of normal. This shit's kind of fucking normal. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've came across them, but the shit's kind of normal. In everyday life, it's normal. Social media has made this shit far more normal. And at one point in time, we looked at that shit as weird as them niggas was crazy. And that was the first time I kind of tied in mental health with, you know what I'm saying, um, transgender, you know what I'm saying, people. And that was the first hit that this show ever hit in viewership. Um, you know, it, I, it hit me to a core because that was the first time I, I felt I was doing something wrong for believing in what I believed in. At no point in time have I ever tried to be disrespectful to that community. I have no beef with that community. That community has been pretty relevant in my life since I was a kid. I have family members who are gay. I have family members who are bisexual as fuck. And I've always known it my whole life. So I've never had an issue with anybody in the LGBTQ plus IA community. Never had one. But that doesn't make me feel that, you know what I'm saying, mental health isn't, isn't prevalent in that fucking community. Especially when you say you were born in the wrong body. I bring it up because it always comes full circle when I feel justified in my thought process in that on that subject because news came out about a man who I guess you can say went trans dog. Wow. I'll repeat that. He went trans dog. Now, I don't know exactly how motherfucking me, you know, I don't know how how. I, I try not to believe everything I see on the internet, right? Remember when that was a thing? There's a man who spent $20,000 to transform himself into a border a border collie, and he stepped out, and he was first, he was walking for the first time in public, right? Every, if you haven't seen the video by now, the man's literally a dog. He's a dog now. He's a dog. You have reports saying that it's a costume, and you have some reports saying, no, this nigga actually went through the surgeries to, to look like this. I don't fucking know. Either way, the man spent 20K to turn himself into a fucking border cop. Man, I found out till my knees when the law came. Man, I found out till my knees when the law came. Fucking border cop. Even if it is a fucking $20,000, you know what I'm saying, outfit, he's walking outside in that motherfucker. And it comes to, I don't always ask people. You call Hatch a bad guy. You, you ridicule me. You clown me. You, you shadow ban my page. Report my content because I tried to tie mental health to transgenders. 
What the fuck are you going to say about the man who turned himself into a fucking dog? Wow. I'll repeat that fucking question for you bitch-ass niggas in the back. What the fuck are you going to say about the man who turned himself into a fucking dog? Because you know what he says, right? He believes he was born in the wrong body. He's a dog at heart. He looks at life in, 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 in the lens of a dog. So what the fuck is the difference between niggas saying that to the person who said that about the dragon? What the difference between the person who said that about the dragon about the man who said he's a worm for real? No, you have a dick swinging, brother. What is the difference? What's the root of this shit? Fuck the difference. Fuck trying to look at the, the, the differences in the shit. What's the root? What's the commonality of this shit? To even know that this is a real fucking thing, a real story. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where we're going to go forward in life because what was I just watching? Um, you ever you ever seen that movie Fifth Element with Bruce Willis and uh, Chris uh, Chris Tucker? Y'all seen that movie where like it's like they supposed to be in the future and shit? It's like flying cars and you know what I'm saying? But how, how weird and trippy it is and like and shit like that, bro. When I see motherfuckers like all this transgender shit. When I see all this motherfucking me, this dragon shit, this this dog shit, when you just peep all the weird, wild shit that's going on in the, in the world right now, I can see Fifth Element actually fucking happen. Now I don't know about the flying car shit. Who's, who's supposed to been half that? How the fuck hoverboards come before the flying cars? Like wow, hoverboards what ten years old by now? We still ain't got a flying car. But that fifth element shit look a lot more realistic, man. When you think about the wild shit and the weird shit and the weird shit that motherfuckers is wearing nowadays, like, I don't know, man. Open your eyes, B. <laughs> Open your motherfucking eyes, man. Um, moving on, man, before we get the fuck up out of here. Um, news came out. YNW Melly Kiss has been set for retrial. I told you that shit was going to happen, man. Um, I told y'all that. The death penalty is probably what made that case go to mistrial. Um, YNW, Melly, Mom had came out, and everybody kind of ran with this story that it was 9-3, um, that nine people want, nine jurors want to set them free, and there was only three that wanted to convict them. That's not right. That's not true. An actual juror from the case came out and said, no, it was 9-3 the other way. It was nine people that wanted to convict and it was only one who really stood firm and said he was not innocent. And then that, that one juror later convinced two more to change their vote to not guilty. And that lets me know that what really held, held them up was the death penalty. Because that's typically how that works. Anytime I've ever watched a case that had death penalty in it, anytime I watch a documentary with a death penalty, that's always how it is. It will be one person that's holding out that believe that it's not, they haven't proven it to a T that that person did it enough to where they wouldn't kill him. And then ultimately they convince at least one or two more people. And that's how the mistrials always fucking end up. That's why I'm not surprised that news came out so fast after that the prosecutors want to be retrying this case because the evidence is clearly there to convict this nigga. But when you throw the death penalty on that table and you say, and you put that into the hands of, of 12 innocent civilians and convincing them to kill somebody you need a gun you need more witnesses you need somebody to say that nigga did it you need a whole bunch more shit to say some to sign up for a death penalty 
But to just sign off on send that nigga to jail? Come on, man. We've seen that shit happen far less. So I'm not surprised that the YNW Melly case is being retried. Um, it is interesting, bro, because um, it is interesting to see if they're going to release him on um, on bond or, or house arrest while he's, you know, waiting another trial or something like that. But people have to understand, bro, the evidence, it's enough evidence there to say this nigga did that shit. I don't want to sit here and say he did it. I don't. I don't. I'm not the prosecutor, but it's enough there to convince me that he did that shit. So I'm not. I wouldn't be holding my breath on Y and W Melly coming home anytime soon, even if it is being retried or house arrest, no shit like that. At Portland, nigga, yeah, you can you can be on house arrest, bro. Even as much as we know who you are, we don't give a fuck about you. We will take care of your ass. Once we take care of his ass, that's how they looking at that shit. Because once you get YNW Melly, it's going to be easier to convict Borland. Because what? You, what who going to snitch? Who going who gonna to tell us what really fucking happened? You ain't told us by now. You should, I'm pretty sure you're never going to tell us. So I'm not surprised. I do think it's, it's, it's interesting to see how uh, much of an impact it's had on his fans. Because when the news came out about the mistrial, it was so many people, so many people posting that shit. Free Melly, free Melly. They might as well let him go. And that always just lets me know, man, when you're on social media, you have to remember who's behind these accounts. A lot of these people don't know shit about the justice system. They don't know shit about, you know what I'm saying, uh, um, you know what I'm saying, how public, how public, um, the court of public opinion doesn't fucking matter. People don't be knowing shit, and they always show their ass when they try to be speak so loudly on something, and they be so fucking wrong. Why and W Melly ain't coming home no time soon, bro? It's not. It's not something I want. It's not something I'm trying to wish upon a nigga. He's not coming home anytime soon. If he does, I'll be the first to come out and say, "Good congratulations, nigga. You're lucky." But he's not coming home anytime soon. Stop the foolishness. The, the evidence is there. It's just niggas have to put themselves in the shoes of being a jury and understanding the, the, the history of the death penalty cases and how, and how they usually fucking go. So it's interesting to see it going forward, what's going to happen with YNW Melly, especially with his career, because I think if he drops a project right now, oh, my God. I think if he drops a project right now, that shit going to go out the fucking, man, that shit going to go up there. Because everybody wants to know, he he's one of the hottest artists in the game right now, and it's not even because of his music. The moment he drops music to go around to go with his fucking um his public appeal right now, come on, man. Prime example, you see what happened with Gunner, right? Let YNW Miller drop an album right fucking now, right fucking now. Even if the content not even gonna be that good because he's fighting for his life, the streaming, come on, man. That's my, that's a money play right there. That's a money fucking play right fucking there, bro. It truly motherfucking is. Um, but I think that's all we motherfucking me got. But let me see. Run through these documents right fast. Birthdays don't recap. Black people don't understand their value. Weaponizing a man's trauma. Terrence Crawford beating fuck out of Errol Spence. Offset speaking for all men. Little Misha getting caught up again. Like, how do you make a hoe a victim? Let me just start. How do you make a hoe a victim, bro? Like we got, we got, can, I, can I ask y'all that? So I've told you about someone who got like hella, like multiple kids under like five by like two different niggas. 
Like, how do you make a whole victim? Like, you gotta be a wild boy to make a whole straight victim. Remember, like, why Kale Cyrus, when he kissed uh, Sukiyana in the mouth all unwillingly and shit? Like, she didn't want that. You gotta be a wild motherfucker. You, you know you violating when you make a whole victim. Like, at, at that point in time, you gotta go look in the mirror and, and, and realize you took it too fucking far. <laughs> you took it way too fucking far when you make a whole straight victim. That's some wild ass shit. Little Meech, you moving a little reckless. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> um, Aaron Hernandez's brother living up to his, his, his big brother's uh, legacy. Um, man goes trans dog and YNW Melly K set a motherfucking retrial. Um, yeah, man, we getting the fuck up out of here, man. My fucking toe hurt. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm surprised with this motherfucking laptop ain't crashed, man. So let's go ahead and get the fuck up out of here. Um, but with that being said, yo, DJ, drop that fire ass beat, my boy. <laughs> Hey man, y'all didn't know I came with the boys. It's all love. Stay safe. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, man. It felt damn good to be back in here recording, man. Um, technical technical difficulties is a bitch, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, I'm surprised that we got through this recording session with no problem. Um, let me stop saying that before I jinx the fuck out of myself. <laughs> um, I want to give you guys, you know, it's like an hour and a half, you know, it's an hour forty five minute episode, but just because you know, I don't really trust, you know, some this equipment for real, for real. Um, I just want to get this episode out, um, and I'll tinker with this shit the next couple of days. Um, hopefully, we can start getting some more longer episodes out for you guys. Um, who knows? I just may go back to live streaming, bro. I got a whole nother. My camera is set up to my iPad, so I don't even need this laptop. That's just for the audio version of it. If I can find a way to get the audio version another way, we may be on some whole other shit very motherfucking me soon, man. So I just want to say thank you to everybody once again. I'm gonna tap in with your boy. Told me happy birthday. I'm big, 28 years old now. Um, was able to spend it, you know, saying with somebody I, I, you know, I care about. You know, what I'm saying somebody who, you know, what I'm saying went out their way to make sure my birthday was special. You know, what I'm saying like, your own family don't really do that for you. Um, if it, it made me very sad, I'm not gonna lie. I was very sad. Um, you know, that my family didn't really do um, the things that I expect them to. Um, so for this, you know, for this young woman, my friend is like my friend is just a friend of mine. For them to do what they did, it meant a lot for me. It made this one of the best birthdays ever. Um, able to just experience new things in life. Um, you can never take those things for granted, man. You truly motherfucking became it. Last time I went anywhere and traveled and looked at different things in the world and experienced that moment, that type of feeling was when I was traveling before COVID, man. So this was a very special moment for me. Um and it, it, it's just great, man. It's great to be back. Great to be giving y'all some fire-ass content. Um, but with that being said, man, I'm out this motherfucker. I hopped in the episode. You feel me? OG is out the motherfucking door. You bitch, you. <laughs> nah, man. I'll right, try, man. Peace. <laughs> you dig?